everyone, welcome back to the Book and Life podcast. Today we're going to have a brand new book guest on. Whether they're an author, an editor, a producer, you'll never quite know, so you're in for one hell of a ride. But today I just have to uh, do the adverts and then I'll get us straight into that most important conversation. And as as we do every week, um, I'm going to read The Shadow which is part of the Time Guardian series, and this is book four from Marianne Curley. The battle is over, the war is won. The prophecy complete, but life can't just pick up where it left off for Ethan. Struggling to cope with tragic loss, at odds with friends in the guard, he finds himself adrift, jumping in shadows and sensing someone who can't possibly be there. Blaming herself for the goddess Athena's death, Giselle swears revenge, to fullify the immortals' plan for world domination, but Giselle hadn't planned on love, and that leaves her with an unbearable choice. Should she follow her heart, or the strings of a goddess short on praise but high on expectation, who continues to pull her from the grave? As the guard and the order battles through the past and into an impossible future, darkness looks round every corner. The fight for the world's survival rests with just one. Is it friend or foe who stands in the shadow? And just a reminder that The Price of Freedom by Rosemary Aiken, sorry, Rosemary Rowan, um, is being donated to the Ukraine cri- refugee crisis. And here's the blurb for her book. It's uh, one of her Roman British crime series, which was written under her maiden name, all editions can be found online where all books are sold, even her agents donating her commission. Sorry, I don't have the blurb for that, but uh, that's that's what she's doing. And now, without further ado, let's get you to the guest. And welcome back to today's conversation, which is going to be legendary, as always. And uh, if that's not a hint to who I've got on today, then, well crawl back under a rock so we've got one of the sexiest directors ever out who's going to be joining us today and then we've got the coolest wrestler of all time however he is currently fighting for the sexiest wrestler spot of the year without further ado i will hand it over to marcus and joe you can go first mark um yeah i i don't i don't i don't know if the sexiest director on the planet is is like being the 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 thinnest guy at fat camp i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but it's like it's i don't know it's like it's we're not lookers the 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 directors are not like considered to be the best looking people on the planet i did marry the best looking director i've seen though to be yeah, but I mean that's not saying much, is it? <laughs> it's like I'm not saying anything. I'll, I'll, I'll be good. I'll say nothing. But Thank yeah, you. Joe Joe's fighting with somebody for the top top sexiest wrestler in romance. I'm more interested in that actually. Which one that is? Which is the other one? It might be the other one. Don't know. You'll have to you'll have to watch my uh, my talk on the 24th to find out. There we go. Uh, I'm way too old for uh, for that shit. <laughs> no, well, it, it was funny because when I did the uh, the book tour that Joe never got booked on, and I had to do it myself, <laughs> that was fun. Uh, we had a picture of Joe everywhere we went, kind of like so he would get to come too in spirit. 
so many girls, because it was a younger photo of you, so many girls stopped and said, wow, you wrote with him? I had so many women. So many They were amazed I could spell, that's the thing. <laughs> no, they genuinely thought you were you were hot, but then you're tall and you're lean, so, you know. Oh, no, giant. I'm only 6'3". I'm not like, you yeah, know. You're taller than, you're taller than seven most. Foot. Nah. Actually, in the modern world, I, I found myself kind of average in height. Yeah. When I was, like, in my 20s, I found I stood out tall. First time I went to Japan, like, it just, everybody was shorter. And the last time I went to Japan, like, 15 tours later, a lot of people, especially a lot of Japanese, there were a couple of Japanese guys there who were taller than me. And I was like, that's that's unusual, but it's becoming. Yeah, that unusual. is, yeah. Becoming yeah. Just I think the whole world's getting taller and I'm stuck in the past. Yeah, but isn't that what it is, though? It feels kind of yeah. feels like the, the younger generation is, is taller than what we are. Cause I, I, yeah, because it's like I, I was I'm, I'm not I'm 5'11", so I'm not I'm not a, I'm not big. But I mean, I, I was basically when I was I, I just feel shorter now when I'm older. I might be slouching. That could be why. But I mean, yeah, I slouch, too. I shouldn't yeah. do it, but I do. My brother's oldest son, he's six, six. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, cousin of mine who's just turned 18 he's six seven i think mm -hmm. um my boys are 15 years old and they're like probably six foot and six foot one mm -hmm. yeah. so i think the next generation you know just you know well it's, it's weird. taller evolving bigger my my cousin she she's she's a little bit taller than me i was supposed to be five eight till they did all the crap with the drugs um and i'm five one now so five one and a half technically, but her kid is like close to six nine. Yeah. I have to honestly, I break my neck every time I look up at him. Like I'm like, yeah. and Ian's six three, and his that's, sister that's becoming more and more common. Yeah. It seems. Yeah. But yeah. here's the thing: Ian's family, they're all the guys are really tall, and all the girls are really really small, except for his our younger sister Sky. Uh, she is creeping up there now. Like she's getting really tall, and she's only like fifteen. And I'm like, I'm yeah. I'm gonna be the smallest everywhere I go. I know that, except for if I go to Asia. But my goddaughter here in Germany, I think she's six one. Mm -hmm. She's yeah. I think eighteen, nineteen years old now. Yeah. Yeah. But, that, like, but I, I think she takes taller. They're all getting taller. Yeah, but doesn't she take after her dad? Her bit. dad isn't all that tall. Oh yeah, no, he's, he's not. Oh my goddaughter, she's um. Yeah. Like I was, I was the first guy to hold her after she was born, after mm -hmm. the doctor. Yeah. So her and I were like super close for you know years and years and years. She's a sweetheart. And so yeah, yeah I've seen her grow up. Like it's just every time I thought, okay, she's probably hit, yeah. she's probably hit her height thing. Then boom, another growth spurt. Yeah. Mm. I ran her. Holy crap, Tonya, you're getting you're getting really tall, girl. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm waiting for the phone call from the mom to you saying, oh, she's dating, and then watch you panic. Oh, no, I know she's dating. I met her boyfriend. Very nice guy. Oh, there Very we nice go. Kid. Did you, did you handle it better than you thought you would? Yeah, because he's a, he's a real polite, nice kid. He doesn't try to come off like he's, you know, trying to be some, you know, foolish street thug or something like this. You come up, yeah. look you in the eye, shake your hand, good manners. That's good. Yeah. And she's a good person. I don't think she'd choose somebody of, of yeah. poor character. Well, so I trust her judgment. I laughed because I, 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 one day I saw it and I told Joe some of the stories from, from the dance scene. Um, you know, I think it was Derek. Did I not tell you the story where Derek was 
doing the girl and we were going over the set? Not off the top of my head. No. At least not the way you're describing it there. Uh, so... This this is like the most annoying because this was this is something that happened all the time, right? So Derek was a, a sex addict essentially. I didn't find this out till later, but he was a sex addict, um, and he he had this habit where he had to sleep with a girl before we would go out, and he had to sleep with a girl when we were done, and we would perform two three nights a week or two three two two three times in a night. So Derek idolized our friend, mutual friend, and so he wanted to be like him, and his perception of what he was was the reason I think Derek did a lot of the stuff he did. Okay. So, we were we were at this show, it was our biggest show, we had like 200 people there, and this is the night I ended up going through the bar, because he never went to check the bar. And so he was doing this girl, so he had her bent over this, like, table, going to town, I'm having to look her in the eye, right? Which was freaking weird anyway. And I'm going to, right, we've got to do this, 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 and this. No, stop. we got to do this, 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 and this, right? And he keeps going. He just keeps going to town on this chick. She doesn't give a crap because, you know, she wanted to hook up with him. He does her, he pats her on the ass and says, hey, thanks, and he walks out, which is his usual. So we go out, and I asked him twice, I'm like, did you check the bar? Because I thought it looked hollow. I'm like, did you check the bar? Yeah, yeah, I checked the bar. Did you check the bar? Yeah, 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 I checked the bar. So we do. We, we go through the first set, first set's fine, get to the second set, and I have to go up on the bar so that he can throw me over the top of a guy's head and get caught. This is the night I got my first concussion. Thanks, Derek. Go up on the bar, but the bar breaks. So I'm on his shoulders, kind of like in a... The best way to describe it, Joe, is I looked like I was getting powerbombed, but I wasn't. So I'm sitting on his shoulders. His face is in my crotch, for, for one, because he pulled me in too close, which was awkward anyway. And the bar breaks underneath me, but he pushes me off his shoulders and I go down straight through the bar which is how I end up with this uh, cut on my ass cheek which I still have the scar for today I finished the whole thing now if he this was WWE, that would be the Spanish announce table yeah pretty much <laughs> um, so we finish the set I get backstage I am pissed I've like lost my shit right which Joe knows I have a short temper anyway so I get backstage and I start beating the shit out of him because he won't hit me back. So I start beating the shit out of him and they're like, Crystal, your ass isn't stopping bleeding. We have to get we have to get you sewed up. I'm like, fuck that. So they stick a bunch of dressings on my ass. They stick me in another pair of trousers in an into a pair of trousers so that it stops bleeding. We do the final bit. This is the same night I lose my top and I get my boobs exposed as well, just to add insult to injury. Get through that. We get back to the hotel. Kayla knows I'm going to kill Derek. Derek's already picked up another chick by this point, so they're off in the room. And I get blackout drunk so they can sew my ass cheek up. And that was my, that was the kind of nights that I would have with Derek. And, you know, so whenever I, I talk to Joe about the dance days, 
Joe's like, I fucking hate having to be your dad. Oh, my mom, by the way, stooged most of my dad's stories to my dad the other day. Still awkward. Yeah, well, I imagine so. Yeah. Uh, especially when she she stooged him, she's like, oh, you know Crystal nearly ran off with a wrestler, right? Not not telling my dad the whole story. Right. So, yeah. Now my, now my dad panics every time I, I say I'm talking to a wrestler. <laughs> well, like, a parent, you know, always thinks that. I mean, like, oh my god, Donna. Yeah. We were sitting around, just, she, she actually, Rhino was over here. Oh. So we're sitting there bullshitting, whatever. And um, we get a call from my goddaughter's mom. Mm-hmm. And she's all in kind of a panic. And we're like, okay, what's the problem? She said, well, she'd given her daughter a phone. She was 14, I think, at the time. Yeah. So we gave her a phone, and she goes, the phone kept buzzing while she was in the shower or something. So I grabbed it and looked at it. I shouldn't have, but I did. Yeah. Yep. There were texts from some guy who's like in his 30s who met her at the park and hey, let's get together and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> and so <clears throat> I was like, oh, okay, set up a date. And I know this place over here where like nobody sees it under, over by the canal. I said, set up a date there. And Rhino and I'll go meet. Rhino, you want to go punch out a nonce? And I was like, yeah, what time? Right? <laughs> so First we thing is, I could together. so see him agreeing to that. Yeah, so we were all set to go and just leather this guy. Yeah. And uh, they, they wouldn't do it. She's like, no, no, we're blocking him on the phone, and I'm calling the cops. So they handled it all that way. But mm-hmm. the fact is, is I was ready to do that, and she just, my God. So as a parent, hearing any of these stories, yeah. I imagine, I think your dad's not out of his my mind My dad's super concerned. conservative, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he's not wrong to be, you know, protective. Yeah. He's a dad. That's what dads do. But I, I said to him, right, half the stuff we did in the dancing, you'd never catch me doing in wrestling. Because I went, because my dad never knew I went down to Manchester. I found out it was Manchester, not Doncaster. Okay. <laughs> went to Manchester for the weekend. I was right. I wrote a wrestling show and I said, fuck it, I'll go down. Guy paid, the, the, the owner paid for my ticket. He paid for my hotel room. And I dragged my friend from college with me because I'm not stupid. I know what wrestling shows are like. So I went there and my friend played defense all weekend, right? Because I had the heavyweight champion show up at my room at three in the morning. I had another guy try try it on with me a bunch of times. But I blew I blew them all off, right? Because my five rules is don't date a wrestler, don't fuck a wrestler, don't marry a wrestler, don't date a dancer, and don't screw a dancer, right? Those are my five rules, and I stick to them. Um, so yeah, my dad had a heart attack because he never knew that I was in Manchester, and he had no idea I was at a wrestling show or that I had even written a wrestling show. Mm. So, yeah, I got I got totally eaten by my dad. Because my dad wants me to be a lady, you know? Mm. He has this expectation of how I grew up. I had to have manners. I had to, I had to eat certain foods. I had to dress a certain way. You know, all that kind of stuff. And then when my dad started seeing uh, photos and stuff of me in my dad's time, oh, jeez. I was like, I literally said to my mom, if I hadn't been close to death when you told my dad all this stuff, I would not speak to you. Because now it's like a totally different relationship. Right. Yeah. I had to spend fucking two weeks with him living in my house. Hmm. Explaining. Explaining the stuff that I got up to. Mm-hmm. I mean, just that these things just kind of pass by. When my dad passed away, I had to go to Canada for the funeral. 
I spent, I was supposed to spend five days there. Then the airline screwed me over with my passport and I ended up having to get a new passport and spend extra days there. It ultimately worked out because it was over my birthday. I was trying to get back here to spend birthday with the kids. Yeah. Um, but it's the first time in maybe 30 years that I spent my birthday with my mom. But I think because of the situation with my dad, we both kind of needed that. So it, yeah. it worked out, you know? And, um, oh, sorry, I lost my throat. I was thinking about my mom. Sorry. No. Um, but no, I mean, you, cause when we started writing, we were talking, I remember we were talking yeah. in the backyard and my we just, dad, uh, and- we started talking about, you know, just, she was telling me all kinds of stories. I had no idea about my grandparents, something, stuff they'd never told me. Yeah. And then I started telling her about stuff that I thought was common knowledge about me. Right. Yeah. Cause she knew I used to bounce at this bar. You have to be 19 to go to bars in Ontario. I was 18 and I got, I was a bouncer at a biker bar. She didn't know it was a biker bar. So I'm telling her, I just turned 52 and I'm like, yeah, when I was working over that biker bar, she says, what biker bar? It's a bedrock. That was a biker bar. <laughs> yeah. Totally stooging yourself off. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I just thought everybody knew that was, that's where the, the Satan's choice and the paradise riders hung out. Hell's angels. Mm hmm. So what you and, and and you were bouncing it? Oh, oh God! It's like she's getting all pale. Like, mom, it's been a lot of years, and I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. But I just didn't realize, you know, like even you know, even though I'm in my fifties, my mom still is like, oh gosh, I worry so uh, about stuff that happened, you know, yeah, thirty, forty years ago. Just thank God you didn't tell her wrestling stories. I told her a few. I told her a few. I, I'm not a particularly. You were you were not as. Yeah, you were not a debauchery-driven individual. Well, I, I don't drink. No. So I wound up being the babysitter for a lot of guys who do. Yeah. Which I'm is why my, I'm fuck, it's why my dad I make sure everybody gets me. home safe. And, you know, yeah. Which is why I don't go out, because I just I don't want that. I don't want to have to do that. Treat my friends <laughs> like toddlers. So I, I just I don't like drinking. I don't like being around it. So I just don't do it. But, you know, when I'm out in the road and it's somebody's birthday, of course I'm not going to, you know, yeah. not go out and toast the guy on his birthday or whatever so, so when my dad first ever spoke to joe that was hilarious by the way because i totally joe and me were working on a book joe phones me i'm at their hotel room so he says hello to my dad my dad thinks he's the most down-to-earth guy has no clue he's a wrestler down-to-earth guy totally falls in love with joe oh joe's great and then of course i said to him i think it was last year you would actually wrestler because I never used your wrestling name around him. Right. And then my dad's like, what's a smart guy like that doing in the wrestling business? <laughs> I ask myself that question all the time. I know. I was like, <laughs> oh, God. And then my dad's like, so. um spent 30 years getting hit in the head for a living. Yeah. <laughs> but then my, then my dad turns to me and goes, so, Crystal, if you go away and you're drinking and you're with the boys. What would Joe do if you start doing all the stuff you used to do in the old days? And I'm like, well, Dad, I don't drink anymore. Oh, no, no, but just say you did. I'm like, well, Joe's not going to care if he sees me stripping down a hall. He's not going to give a crap if I'm trying to steal a boat. He might stop me if I'm trying to steal a boat. I said, but at the end of the day, Joe looks on at me as an extra addition to his little, you know, his family. Like, I'm a daughter or whatever. I said, worst case scenario, he turns the hose on me. You know, like that, that would be it. And my dad's like, oh, okay, that's fine. I'm like, dad, what are you scared of? He's like, oh, I'm scared you get in the wrestling business and then you 
you know, you get all wrapped up in them, and, and then I never see you again, and you end up going and living with a wrestler, and that, that being your life. And I'm like, no. I am 34 years old. No. No chance. But yeah, so that that was that was our recent conversation. So you can, because uh, my dad listens to this now, which I think is hilarious. So yeah, you can you can safely tell him on the show that if you saw me doing any of the stuff I used to do, what your reaction would be, and then that way I can stop getting bloody two-hour phone calls. Yeah. I just wind up being a babysitter. Yeah, you would. You'd babysit me. You'd probably pull me out of more situations than I think my friends would have. Well, you, would, uh, you wouldn't let me sleep on a roundabout. Or... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, if I, you know, because I said to my dad, like, oh, if I'm stripping and I'm, you know, stripping my clothes off, going down a hall, Joe might turn an eye and go, Crystal, what are you doing? But that would be about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm watching a or something, right? Yeah, you would just fire me in a room and tell me to go sleep it off or something. Night, night. Yeah, night, night, Crystal. <laughs> so, yeah. But no, because uh, uh, at the wedding, at my wedding, my friend dug out the picture of me, passed out in a bush. I can't even remember doing it. <laughs> There's just this trail. You can see the trail of my clothes from the front of the campus. Because I was drinking, um, I was drinking moonshine. That I didn't even know it was moonshine. I was drinking moonshine, and I basically stripped from the front of the campus to the bush. And she found me sleeping with my 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 shoes were still on. My shoes, my feet sticking out of the bush, and I'm in the bush, sound asleep. And she left me there for four hours, and then she came back and she got me. Put me to bed. She gave me a blanket. Oh, no, she didn't give me a blanket. She took a picture. She went and got her camera, took a picture, and then came back and got me. That's for private amongst you. Oh, no, she passed around the whole bloody campus. (laughs) She did, she did. Like, honest to God, she did. I was like, fuck. So, yeah, she brought that up at the wedding, which I thought was funny. Well, Marcus, have you done this podcast before? I did one. I've done yeah. one. Uh, so we did one, uh, Crystal and me. Well, we've done two, actually. But we've one done we two, but we fucked up the sound for the first one. So yeah. <laughs> We really yeah. did. We did. I spent four hours trying to fix it, and there was just no fixing it. Yeah. Did you give the like the, the listening audience like kind of a his- your history, you know, this is the project you've been involved in, so they know kind of a background of what you do? Uh, yeah, we did. I mean, yeah, we they, did. They, yeah. So, I was so. professional, Joe. I did try. No, no, but we we can talk about other things, and just stuff blows by. So I didn't know yeah, if like you, yeah. they were so, you got yeah, a good listing that. in. I mean, it's always good to advertise. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I, think I was just watching pretty... the Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary on Netflix. Ah, he says half the movie is acting in it, and half the movie is selling it. Yeah, <laughs> he's big on selling <laughs> it. So you should take every opportunity to sell your product. Of course. So. So let's uh, let's jump into the actual topic of the day. The topic that uh, we're putting out today is our three professional. Prof- I'm trying to do this professionally; it's never going to work. Professional opinion on combining the romance billion-dollar industry with wrestling, and what does that mean for everybody involved? It's, it's a billion-dollar industry too, right? Wrestling. Yeah, yeah. romance is a billion-dollar industry. Yeah, yeah, but Vince McMahon just sold it. I think the company's called Endeavor, and he sold oh, WWE for nine billion. Yeah, 
Are you joking? Uh, Are you actually... Really? Yeah. And AEW is owned by a billionaire. Oh, yeah. I know AEW is, but... I I, I never thought Vince would sell. I honestly didn't think he'd do it, but... Nah, what do I know? Well, he's got a... His deal is he's... um, Unless he does something to to violate corporate standards, like if they find more shenanigans with girls, like that got him thrown out the last time. Yeah. But if, as long as he keeps his nose clean, he's got a job for life. But he honestly, walks he, feels, he walks when he feels like he wants to walk and not a minute. Yeah, but to, oh, well, you know Vince better than anyone. Do you honestly think he can keep his nose clean? Um. Honestly, to be you honest, know with everything the stuff he got, he got away with to. for everything, apparently, I mean, I don't know how many of these allegations are true and how many aren't. Um, but for the amount, I mean, shoot, he beat he beat the federal government on that steroid trial. The guy who who busted John Gotti, he was able to beat them. Hmm. I think. Um, and there's no way. I think he, he knows how to get around. He knows how to to get around the legal system. Yeah. So if he there, if he doesn't keep his nose clean, he'll find a way to make it yeah. look. clean. Because I'm sorry, there's no way he was never on the gas. There's no way. Well, I mean, it certainly looks that way. And I mean, especially for his age. To be that big at that age is unbelievable. But at the same time, I've never looked into it. I have no actual legitimate proof, and I've got to go innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. I know he is an avid bodybuilder and has been forever. Yeah. And they have a full, like, Gold's Gym at Titan Tower. At least at the old Titan. Mm-hmm. They got a new place. But I went and worked out at that one at Titan Tower. And it's as well-equipped as any Gold's or World Gym I've ever been. I, I saw the video of Matt. they're catering the second to none in, yeah. in Titan Tower. I mean, I, I, mean, I, the, I, I saw the... What, what, was the... what was the allegations? Why? Well, I, 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 oh, not... yeah. Marcus doesn't know what the allegations are. Okay, well, um, I think it was a year and a half ago, I want to say. Um, just not... Long Some women came forward that yeah. had been working in the offices. It wasn't performers, it was you know, office stuff. Legal. Came forward that he'd been be. fooling around with them. And then he paid them off $2 million hush money, $2 million, $1 million, blah, blah, blah. So he paid them all essentially non disclosure agreements to keep it quiet what he'd been doing. The heat was is that he pulled it from a corporate account, not a personal account. So the corporation, because WWE's publicly traded, Corporation found out about it and investigated it and found it out, and they basically bounced him out. So this is basically yep. Donald Trump, but just with the WWE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a me. That's it funny. was a Me Too movementy kind of. It was issue. Like I mean, in the eighties, there was a, a, a wrestling ring announcer. You can watch her on the old Coliseum videotapes. Her name was Mike McGurk. Yeah, mm-hmm. a pretty blonde lady, and uh, she made some. You know, pretty crazy, outrageous allegations about him kind of pinning her down in limousines and stuff like that. And I don't know. I, I guess he beat it because he was you know, still on the corporate board and didn't go to jail. Yeah, but she's did. been saying that stuff for years, and then she kept screaming how, you know, I can't believe you people don't believe me. This guy's a monster, blah, 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 blah. And then years later when this uh, when these allegations come out, like last year, year before, whenever it was. Yeah. I heard her voice pop up going, see, I told you. Yep. Well, I guess it's I too late for her to go after him now, but, you know, statute of limitations, or because he beat the case before, they can't do the no, double indemnity and charge him again. Yeah, yeah. statute of limitations. So she's, she feels somewhat vindicated that, you know, after all these years, hey, see, I wasn't lying. He is, you know, terrible. But she didn't get any money out of it. No, she didn't. But what what bothers me about it, right, 
is it I'd heard stories way before I ever met Joe or any of the wrestlers in person. I'd heard stories about Vince. And I was only in the dance profession where actors like I was rubbing shoulders with different people from different areas and I heard stories about Vince. And it was actually because of the stories I was hearing about him that I actually put my roles together. Because I'm like, I'm not going to put myself in a position where shit's going to happen to me and, and I, I have no say on it. So I made mm. that point of saying, you know, I'll never be alone with a wrestler. I'll never date a wrestler. I'll never screw a Like, I made mm. that rules at that point for for that reason. And also, the, the dance industry at the time was taking huge offense to wrestling because we were competing with wrestling. Not doing any damage to you guys, but we were competing for you know ballet was competing against them uh street dancing was starting to get movies and we were competing there and it just was becoming a a, a rivalry from our side not to be involved in the wrestling side and i was saying to to oh fuck it saying to our friend the other day that um when i go into dance classes studios studios all over britain you know, there are so many studio heads now that actually stand, stand in front of a freaking mirror and will give a five minute lecture on why you have nothing to do with wrestling. Right? I go in there and the first thing I do when the, the studio head leaves is I said, right, forget everything you just heard because, and I explained why wrestling was such a huge influence on a lot of the dance stuff we now do. Right? And I explain, like, the facial expressions we stole from wrestling. The using our whole bodies uh, for expression and storylining came from wrestling. Our dance psychology comes from wrestling. And I was explaining why you have to respect wrestling for what it is, but you have to understand that there's always going to be that secret rivalry of, you know, that ba basically if you're a really talented dancer, you can go into wrestling and do well. Because you've got the gymnastics, you've got the aerobatic stuff, you've got your facial expressions down, you've got your, your body language down, right? So there's always going to be studio heads that are going to put it down because they don't want to lose their talent. And to our friend, he thought that was crazy. But that that's a situation that I walk into all the time. So when we did Marie's World, I don't think I ever told you this, but when we did Marie's World, I got so much shit thrown at me for doing it because I broke all the rules I was I was essentially in wrestling they call it kayfabe I was breaking kayfabe or the fourth wall and I was teaching Joe about stuff that I had no right to be teaching Joe about because there is still that wall of silence in dance where you don't go and you don't teach certain things to, to out, outsiders you know so yeah. I I just think it's ridiculous. But that that was why I had my rules. And I, I still use wrestling as an example when I'm teaching. Mostly I use you actually, Joe, but yeah. I I did use your your music video recently. Oh the Yeah. The Jupiter Jones thing? Yeah. I was like, this is what happens when you don't have somebody that understands wrestling teaching dance <laughs> like 
you know, I, I felt for you because if, if I'd been there, I could have probably smoothed some of that learning curve you had out. As in, don't try and kill her when you're throwing her, for instance. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, I know the, the bit where I had to throw her, um, they said, you know, just, she'll be fine. Just, you know, give her the leap and let her land. I'm like, all right. And I didn't realize how little she was. <laughs> so You never friggin- killed her. I, she was so nice. She's such a sweetheart of a girl. But I ended up, like, shot putting her across the stage, right? And so she lands and almost takes a bump on her ass. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't want to hurt you. Like, I'm not, like when I pick people up, it's usually adult males. It's not yeah. little. I think she was 16. Yeah, she's playing yeah. my daughter in the video. So, so she's wee. She is little. Yes. And I didn't kind of expect her. So, yeah, we had to do it a few times till I made sure I didn't, you know, throw her over and smash her ankles or something. Mm-hmm. But have, have you heard the story when uh, about Daniel Craig and Dave Bautista when they're fighting? Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. Actually, I think and, you told me. I mean, I'm not I, mistaken. I, I think you, I think you told I, me. It's just funny because it was Daniel is, is James Bond basically, so he's like yeah. the toughest guy on the planet, and he's fighting this this I don't know who Dave. I forget the name of Dave's character, but so Dave is supposed to pick him up and throw him against the wall, and 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 after a while, Daniel goes. So we should put some put some effort into it because because Dave was taking care of him as he should because it's, it's yeah. pretend. So so now Dave picks him up and he throws him against the wall and his knee knee goes out. So so James Bond is out. So he's like out for a while, and then uh, Daniel Craig he tells the story way better on the James Corden show. But but and he's he's so now they're coming back. They're shooting it again. And 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 Daniel Craig's supposed to throw a punch towards Dave Bautista's face, and for some reason he connects. He connects with his nose and he breaks his nose. So so James Bond, the coolest guy on the planet. He gets so scared when they he grows himself up, yeah. <laughs> because they, but he said, would just eat him basically, and and so he runs away. And so it's like, and that's not the, that's the Mission Impossible. But never mind. But he goes, <laughs> yeah. bam, and then he just runs away. And Dave is like, ah, no worries. And he just clocks the nose back in. He's like, yeah. And it's like, and they keep going. But um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's if you throw if you throw big wrestlers around in the ring and then you exchange that for an actor or for a dancer, shit can go wrong. <laughs> yeah, it can. Yeah, well, because that's that's what I was saying to Joe, like about kayfabe when we were working on that. I'm like, it's gonna it's if you take sort of Layla and Marie, they're they're famous dancers, right? And now they're getting in the ring with Will and Edward. There has to be kind of almost that oh shit, let's not hurt them kind of attitude, but at the same time they're going to fuck up and they are going to hurt them because it's two girls, you know? So, yeah, I I, I had that in my back of my head when we were writing that, actually. The thing I liked about the story with with Dave and and Daniel was that that Dave was taking care of Daniel. I mean, he was the one taking care of of, of, and and because he's he's a professional, I mean, Dave Bautista is a professional athlete. I mean, he, Mm -hmm. he just done it for such a long time um but yeah i I think i've told the story there's only two wrestlers that exist to this day that i would actually physically hand my my body over into one of them is not on the show with us the other one is joe because i know joe wouldn't kill me so if i say to joe right pick me up in a lift but don't drop me i know he's not gonna drop me Right? I can trust him enough that he's not going to drop me. But if I say to Joe, I need to bail out, 
Joe's going to make sure that my neck and head's protected if I have to come down. So, you know, like, if you have that level of trust with people, then it it yeah. works. Yeah. But the only other person I would trust... Um, oh, he knows. I've told him. The only other person I, I, I trust, and I've said this to him, is, is, our, is our mutual friend. And I said to him, the only reason I trust you is because you know what it's like to have to to work with a female that's very very light and very very you know springy and he was like oh yeah 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 yeah, that's fine also what i didn't know is our mutual friend has dance training did you know that no yeah. i did he told me yeah he told marcus okay. i found out in a shoot interview <laughs> somebody sent me a shoot interview with him yeah. in it when he's talking about dancing I forget what dance it was, but he, yeah, no, he told me about it, and he yeah. was like, and there are, there are, the images exist, but yeah. I haven't seen them. I've uh, seen it. I've seen him dancing seen oh. when he was, yeah. um, I can't say his, say what he was, but it was one of his earlier characters, right? Okay. And, like, we're talking, I think, WWF days, Joe? So, Johnny Polo? <sighs> yeah. Um, so yeah, he says in his podcast about it, and I was like, yeah, there's no way this dance thing exists. He's pulling my leg. I thought he was. I thought generally he was pulling my leg. So I looked it up. He actually has pretty good rhythm. I'll give him that. He's got really good technique. He needs a little bit of sandpapering for some of the, you know, smooth out the edges. But yeah, he's pretty good. I I would trust him to do a routine with him. Put it that way. And I'm really, really picky. Cool. Really picky. But yeah, I would trust him. But here's he's the thing. A, I, he's a professional athlete for years, though, so he's going to understand how to, yeah, but how to use his bottom correctly. Right. Here's my argument. Being a professional athlete does not make you a good dancer. No, but it That's gives true. you the ability to do so. It gives you, mm. you know... That, Being true, able to control I mean, your body and essentially yeah, control yeah. somebody else's body in the process yeah, goes a long way in helping in that regard. You don't have to teach that facet of it. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I don't think he could take care of me now as well as you could. But that's only because... He's he's working through a lot of injuries over the years. Yeah, exactly. That That's what I'm saying. Like, I know yeah. that if you pick me up, you could pick me up one-handed and not blink. But with him, I would be worried if he did pick me up, that he would drop me. Like, because I, I just don't... Yeah. Don't trust now, his to injuries. Be fair, to be fair, Joe could pick me up one-handed as well. That's yeah, deal. yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's, I mean, true. <laughs> that's true. Because what, what people don't realize is on the podcast is I have to go for an official... Looking forward to Valentine's Day, are we? Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's going to be really interesting. Um, But no, like, I have to go for my official weigh-in, and I know I'm going to be 42 kilos. Like, 40, 42, right? Which is going to get me a lot of crap from the doctor, because I'm not supposed to be that light. And, you know, I'm at least I'm not 36, because, like, two years ago today, I was 32 kilos in weight, which is super dangerously low. Mm. Like, they went, oh, crap, Crystal needs hospitalized kind of idea. So they dragged my ass in. Because I couldn't eat. I couldn't, like... This is what you people don't realize is if your jaw's joints are removed, yes, you can move your jaw, you can talk, you can sort of eat, but you can't really chew, right? 
So it is so hard, especially with my, um, the fact that I burn 5,000 calories a day as well. For me to keep my weight on was like next to impossible. So I went from uh, 54 kilos to 32 kilos in six months. That, you know, then that's, it took me 10 years to get to 54 kilos. Yeah. You know, so I, I reckon when I turn up to the, because I am training, I suppose I am training because I have to train out my adrenaline. Um, because I am now training, I'm scared I'm going to turn up and everybody's going to be like, is she anorexic? <laughs> I am, I am going to take a bet on how many people say that to me. Or at least I'll hear people saying that, you know. Well, who was, who was the really skinny supermodel that Johnny Depp used to Was that not, No, that's not Amber Heard, is it? No, no, no she's a no, Vanessa Paradis. No, no, before her, she was a. She's known for being oh. super, super skinny. Who was she I, I say this because I can eat pasta, fucking every junk food going. And well, I that was the thing is everybody kept saying to her, um, "Kate Moss." That's who it was. Kate Moss, yeah, yeah. And I saw him interviewed on a talk show, and they're like, "Listen, like your girl, like feed her," you know that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, honestly, she eats three times as much as I do. Like, she just got this crazy metabolism. Like, mm-hmm. because I, we go out for dinners and, you know, I'm having like this little salad because I'm getting ready for a movie and she's having a steak and chasing it with a pizza and, you yeah. know, has two beers and everything. And he goes, and she just, she can't put on weight. She's got that crazy metabolism where she can't put on weight. I'm also lazy. I can't be ours cooking three times a day. Right. But uh- I think. She was also, she didn't have to cook three times a day. She was no, rich. no, I know. People cooking for her. And yeah. she's, <laughs> but, like, here, here's the funny thing is I'm going to sit she down. She was rich, I know... skinny, and could eat whatever she wanted. She's like, yeah. that's like the, yeah. Because I was saying to Mark, is I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to feel. Lends to every caddy comment every woman ever says about any woman. Yeah. yeah. True, true. But here's like, because I was saying this to Marcus the other day, I'm like, I'm going to feel super awkward at every friggin' meal that we all have because. I know you put a lot away, meal wise, and I I sat with Rhino. Rhino was the one that put me in shape, okay? Because I had one plate which was kind of full of stuff, and he had three. And I'm sitting across from him with my tiny little plate, and he says to me, "You don't eat enough." And I'm like, "I can't eat like I was you do." Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was in the gym more than him. Right? I, I went to the gym twice a day on that weekend that we were wrestling. Uh, that The wrestling show. So I was in the gym more than him. And I, he teased me. Oh my god, did he tease me about the tiny portion sizes I had. And I'm like, dude, my stomach is literally the size of a ten-year-old's. You're lucky I'm even eating this. Like, it just doesn't, doesn't work for me. Um, but yeah, he, he claims that he can get, he can get my arms. That he'll 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 build muscle on my arms if I spend time with him. Uh, I don't believe he used them. to be a he used to be a trainer in a gym. Yeah, when I met he, him when we first started hanging out in Detroit and such, his day job was he was working in a gym selling memberships and yeah. personal training. And I mean, you look at the size of him. Yeah, but he's he knows how to pack on muscle. And he's a good okay. athlete. He's a good amateur wrestler as well. So he's a he's a hell of an athlete. That that's the size of, of that's the size of my arm, hmm. right? It looks like a stick. Let's be honest. It looks like a stick. Right? I have worked out in dance. I worked out in gyms. I've had personal trainers. I have never gotten any muscles in my arms. Ever. 
And I've done weights and stuff. It just doesn't happen. So when I said that to him, you do, that have, night, to, you do have to feed your workout. Yeah, but, I but did. Isn't it just body type? Isn't this just, just like body type? Because yeah, it's like, I, I just I, can't do it. I just can't do no, it. I can't my, my, put my, it my wife gets lean pretty quickly, and I get big. I mean, if I if I lift mm-hmm. the weight, if I look at a donut, I get I, I put on weight. If I if I if I do the if I curl a thing once, I, I put on muscle. But if I don't, yeah. I just I mean I lose it quickly, but I I put it on quickly as well. But she and she's just like she's just like, I mean a Brad Pitt body where she's just like she's just lean basically. Yeah, it, it, yeah. And I'm, she I'm doesn't put on muscles. Same. Well, she put on, puts on muscle, but it not, it, they don't get big. It's like she's just like. Like Kate Moss, basically. <laughs> so she sculpts, is what she does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I I gave up doing the um the weights and stuff because before I got sick, I could do three times my body weight in leg prep, like with my legs on the weight machine, and it was nothing. It I never felt it. I have I have generally strong legs, but that's from taking off like when you're jumping you have to have a really explosive power in your legs to get any height so the guy that was at the gym he was like crystal if you want to build muscle you cannot do cardio because you're just burning it right back off again so he had me doing weights all the time and i all the only thing was my my legs became more defined that was all i was able to achieve and i you, then you know, it sucks. Kind of I, want, I would love so. to have a bit of muscle and not look yeah. like, you know, I've been starved for seven months. But it's just mm-hmm. never going to happen. That's that's from being an ectomorph, your standard ectomorph. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, my my family is more endomorph. Like, if we mm-hmm. wanted to put on 10 pounds of muscle, you probably have to put on 40 pounds of weight and then strip yeah. away 30 pounds of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just the way... It works. You got to have at least one gram to two grams of protein per pound of body weight you want to be. Yeah, and that's all I do is eat protein, per which, day. <laughs> which is stupid because because Ian pulls me up on this all the time. I I have times where all I do is eat meat. Right, I'll forget the veg. I'll just say ah fuck it, and I just eat meat and I eat steak and I eat all this stuff. And he'll turn to me and he say, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "I just I just go through that period where all I want to eat is meat." And I mm. eat a shit ton of protein. And then I'll go, you know, I'll go and I'll do I'll do my body check, like, see how my flexibility is and everything. And then I'll come through and I'll say, oh, I look shit. You know, my abs have gone or whatever. And then two days later, my abs are back. And he goes, isn't it, really? Isn't, isn't, isn't it also hard to, and this is more for you, you, you Joe, it's, 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 isn't it hard to put on, put on weight just with food? Isn't it, you have to, like, add like protein bars and stuff like that to get well you have to have your body can only the average body i mean obviously everybody's different the average body holds between 30 and 35 grams of protein per meal yeah any more than that you just kind of flush it out of your system yeah so you need that but you also need a certain amount of carbohydrates to help process it correctly so if you're just eating meat like do you know who jordan peterson is yeah okay love jordan peterson he uh, he had all kinds of health issues, and his daughter did too. His daughter was really sick, mm-hmm. and um, he didn't see her for a bit. She was in college, but she was you know having all these health issues and blah blah blah. And then he saw her, and she was doing much better. And he said, "Well, you know, what are you doing? Like, did you get special medicine?" Blah blah blah. And she's like, "No, I got um, I've done I've done this carnivore diet, mm-hmm. and it's it's changed everything. And you got to do it, Dad. You got to do it." And he uh, he went through the whole process. He said, "All right," so he gave it a shot. 
immediately he stopped snoring at night. Yeah. It affected his breathing somehow that he stopped snoring. Mm-hmm. He lost, I think he said it was seven pounds a week for the first couple of weeks. And then it wound up being like seven pounds a month or whatever. But within a couple of months, he was back down to his body weight from college. Yeah. He had he had eczema, which is gone. Like all this thing was all done, but it's like all he could eat is meat. Like there's no veg, there's no carbs. Yeah. Um, no sauces for the meat, so it's just basically like steak every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, steak and water for the most part, and he said that's been a huge help to him. Yeah. Um, as far as leaning out and clearing up a lot of his his health issues. Yeah. Not saying that'll work for everybody. But it's helped him to drop body weight while having all that protein. It's because his muscles are fed. And muscle burns fat. For me, because... Because that's that's a big thing. I mean, Jordan Peterson, I don't know how religious he is, but he he has, he, he does... He does. He does reference the Bible a lot, and in, yeah, yeah. in biblical yeah. scriptures, and 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 in uh, Muslim culture, and in, in Muslim scriptures. Yeah, he studies it all. He's a clever yeah, guy. There's a lot of, and apparently that's really good for you as well, because it clears out the system, kind of. So it's even if you're religious or not, it doesn't really matter. But just the the the, the fasting alone is like just good for you. Yeah, um, yeah, it's supposed to be great. There's people who intermittent fast and all that. It's. Uh... Yeah. It's See, I, a lot I don't of bodybuilders do I intermittent fasting, and they swear by it. It's never done me any business. No, yeah. I right? mean, could, be the, the, could be the cookies saw, too. Yeah. yeah, I saw the documentary about about what's his name, Conor McGregor, and yeah. the way they lose weight for the weigh-ins. I mean, that yeah. looked like, that looked like like waterboarding, basically. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Because he had to get all <laughs> the water like, out of the system. I couldn't do yeah, it. They just had to get rid of all of it, and then and then basically just put it back on because then. Every single shot with him after he's done weighing in, he was with a water bottle and food and just going and just eating exactly. and putting food in his uh, and water in his body. So that's the thing. Like I, I dehydrate really easy, so yeah. I've always got to have water sitting around because if I'm wrestling, I'm teaching a wrestling class. It's like three hours. If I don't constantly be taking sips of water, I'll get migraines and stuff. Like I, I just dehydrate really easy, yeah. so I can't imagine what he had to endure pain wise well, to get all that water out of the system to make weight. But have have you seen the have you seen it when he's they're putting him in this yeah yeah in the, in the big bag and and the heater yeah. bag and everything yeah it's crazy I can't imagine getting that much water out of your system I just get it from teaching hip tosses yeah like I get but, migraines yeah. from that I can't imagine what how the state I'd be in if I went through everything he went through to cut up weight it's incredible but, but then he has to fight well, I, I like, know for two days a, I, afterwards because he could they had to I, like help him stand up basically yeah yeah completely yeah weak. yeah. yeah. It was, like, yeah, I know from, from when we, like, we used to do four to eight hours of dance in a day, right? You're talking very little breaks, unless you had to pee. Unfortunately, a lot of girls, we have tiny bladders, so we had to pee a lot. But we didn't, I always never ate before I went in from my first session. I barely used to eat lunch, and then I would I would eat, like, fast food afterwards. But for me, like, I have to drink at least a bottle of water a day. Like, for me. I hate to sweat, which... (laughs) I am literally the only dancer who fucking hates sweating. (laughs) So, I will push myself, and then I will, like... I... I, That's why they call me a lazy dancer, because I pull back, and I let, like, other people do stuff. Um, And, yeah, so that's how I did it. But I've got... 
springy muscles from all the years of Mito that they pumped into me. So I have elasticated, um, elasticated muscles is what they call it. So I have to be careful because with the elasticated muscles, I can dislocate really easily. So I'm, I've been kind of learning how to work around that now for, for Does it some affect time. the tendons or just the muscles? Everything. All right. Everything. Like with the that, tendons, that's really going to be the risk because, you know, like yeah. with your shoulder, your shoulder's a ball joint. Yeah. So the tendons are kind of holding everything in place in different angles. Yeah. So if it's affecting the tendons, then yeah, you you risk your yeah. shoulder dislocating quite easy. And, and well, it's always been my shoulders that's been the worst. Because, like, remember I text you? I got a, a chest strain put in. And this this idiot of a guy was a he was like he was an army doctor and he was the only doctor that could do a chest strain and they decided to do it on my bed in the ward. I told the guy four times I'm like I I dislocate super easy don't touch my shoulder right so they pin me down I can't scream I can't fucking talk to them because I've got a thing in my neck they pin me down. And the guy puts his, his knee underneath my shoulder, right? Now, I've told him four times, four times, don't put weight on the shoulder because it'll come out. As he's putting in the chest drain, he slips. I don't know if it was for whatever reason, he slips. Now, I, I literally feel him cutting through my flesh, through the muscle, and putting the thing in. Because the freeze did not work, right? Didn't fucking work at all. And my shoulder pops. Literally everybody in the room heard my shoulder go. And then he walks out of the room and he leaves me. And my shoulder's sitting at a weird angle. Luckily, Ian comes in five minutes later. I'm fucking pissed. Like, I'm pissed. Like, because I'm in so much pain. They never gave me painkillers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So Ian pops my shoulder back in because Ian knows how to do it. Which, by the way, actually feels pretty fucking good when it goes back in. Popped my All shoulder right. in. And then he went out and he fucking ate them. He's like, get in there and give her fucking pain relief. Because I was like literally crawling out my skin. And they hit me with fentanyl. And it was the first time I had ever had fentanyl in my life. And then I was high for three days. Literally high as a kite for three days. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I hated it because I couldn't. I couldn't tell anybody anything. I had to hold up a whiteboard with stuff on it. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean that when I dislocated my shoulder and dance, it was the same fucking thing. Like I would say to Derek, "If we're doing this, don't pull on my shoulder joint. It'll give." And every bloody time that we did a certain lift, he'd pull on the shoulder joint, and it would go every every time. I. That's why I never broke any joints because. The muscles or the tendons would give before anything else. It was ridiculous. Well, I guess, yeah. Kind of yeah. a mixed blessing, I guess, then. Yeah, I mean, I was lucky because I could have broke... Well, I did have the hairline fractures in my neck, which you know about from going through the table. And I did the shoulder dislocation when they did the uh, my goodbye angle. Remember when they hung me from the ceiling? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my shoulder dislocated from that, and that was simply just because they had the chains wrapped around my shoulder, and my shoulder just gave because they're pulling, you know, they were pulling it tight so that I look as if I'm being crucified essentially with yeah. the chains. And yeah, so I had fractures in my ribs, and I dislocated my shoulder that night. 
they still, I should have told you, they never actually told me they were going to do that to me. Because I told Marcus that story. I didn't know they were going to do it until I was on the floor. And then they told me. It might be something they want to hit you to. Well, no, they, they, they thought I would talk my way out of it. Essentially. <laughs> I don't know if that's better or worse. I think that's yeah, like they, they thought I would argue my way out of it. They wanted to do an homage to Raven. I swear to God they were like binging him before we did this whole thing. So I knew there was chains involved because they put cuffs, they, they put the leather cuff on my arm. So I knew something was going down. And then I felt the, the collar go around my neck at one point. And I'm like, yeah, they're definitely doing something with chains. I thought it was just a chain dance. I didn't realize like what I was getting into. And then they tell me when I'm spread eagled on the floor, got my hands on the floor. And they're whole, they literally have their feet on my forearms, so I can't like, I can't go anywhere. I'm stuck, and that's when they 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 kind of like strung me. Well, they put the chains on me at that point, and then they told me I was going over the balcony. And I I remember saying what, and they were like, "You're going over the balcony." Oh my fuck! So yeah. Do you remember Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom when they would lower the guy in the chains into the fire? Mm-hmm. I'm sure he didn't know either. You should no. have been part of a thuggy cult. <laughs> yeah, and they probably knew though. The when they were lowered over, like mogurum, mogurum, sugurum, boom, boom, mogurum. Why hated like the the bit that I hated the most? I didn't mind the dislocated shoulder, um, but when I was Ooh. on the floor, and they cut the back of my top off with scissors, and they wrote mine across my back in big red pen, that I minded. Because they didn't think, well, Crystal can't just get up and walk off the floor. We have to pick her up and carry her off the floor. Because they're supposedly killed me, right? Uh, like, you know, I've got a dislocated shoulder and I'm supposed to, like, lie and no-sell the pain. The fact that my shoulder's fucking hanging, by the way. And they carried me off the dance floor. I was more pissed that my boobs were hanging out than I was about my shoulder or the fact they threw I me off a balcony. Imagine that would be the cause for concern. Yeah. yeah. I mean, cover me with a jacket for fuck's sake. Like, oh. I don't want every person seeing my tits as I come off the floor. <laughs> that was the thing that pissed me off. Unless you're anyway. drunk at your whatever yeah. party. And yeah. I don't, I don't mind. The, I don't mind. Bush. Yeah. I don't mind stripping then, but fuck's sake, at least give me some <laughs> drink beforehand. <laughs> you know? And you know, the worst thing is nobody bought me a drink that night. I went through all that and nobody even bought me a shot. I was pissed. <laughs> Super pissed. Oh, that, yeah, so... So from a wrestling standpoint, we'll, we'll, we'll put, you know, we'll put Joe on the spot for five minutes. Tell us, from your perspective, what waking is going... What the impact of waking when it comes out will have on your industry, if any. Um... I'm not sure exactly an overall impact. Mm. I think it'll continue the impact that like rock has had on the industry. Like yeah, when Hogan first moved into movies, he was playing Thunderlips in Rocky three. And then he played rip and no holds barred. He was a wrestler. He showed up and he, you know, big, yeah. big reach. He's playing a wrestler. Uh, and then rock started doing, you know, kind of, you know, he'd score pigs action stuff, but then he moved on to the Disney stuff and tooth fairy and, and that type of stuff. So they prove that, you know, all these guys can actually be funny. Yeah. So this is going to probably show another facet 
of what yeah. wrestlers are capable of, you know, not just being, you know, big cement head dopes on TV, but actually, shit, these guys might actually have have some abilities beyond. Um, Which is I think it I might also show that wrestling isn't, I mean, because I've been inside the business for so long, 30 plus years, I know how it operates, but I, I kind of, it's hard for me to step out and look at it from the outside, but yeah. I can see how people see it from the outside when you talk to somebody from the outside. So and do you, they just think you... it's, it's either we're in the ring mm-hmm. or, you know, we're doing backstage vignettes or we're at the gym or yeah. we're at the bar and they don't, they don't like... really put into context that, Oh, by the way, they also have lives outside of this mm-hmm. and what, you know, the pitfalls of the life. They only re- learn about the lives after some tragedy. Oh, you know, from yeah. this guy overdosed on drugs. Oh, we didn't know he had injuries and he never got them looked at. So yeah. he was just, he was just numbing the pain with pills until, until they overwhelmed them. Or, yeah. oh, this, you know, Ric Flair has been divorced five times or something. Six. So they don't realize during the course of Flair's stuff on TV, they don't realize that there's a wife at home that he's neglecting. Mm-hmm. So I think this might open people's eyes to the fact that, you know, these guys are, you know, this is a a year-long carnival. Mm -hmm. And guys, you know, sacrifice a lot of, you know, I mean, the sacrifice of their bodies and all that stuff. But they also sacrifice of their time. Yeah. Where they don't get to go to, you know, family functions. They're away for holidays. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that at one point, um, Bubba Dudley, I believe it was, had booked time away like two weeks away and he bought tickets for him and his missus to go to hawaii i'm pretty sure it was Bubba Dub. and like three days before they said oh well you can't go on holiday now because we need you somebody else got injured so we need you guys yeah and he had to knock the whole holiday on the head and you know if he says no the company has to say well okay go on your holiday but when he comes back they could use him really poorly and bury his career so to stay on the good side of the company he's got a sacrifice that out Mm -hmm. you know on the whims of a promoter who just ah well i need just screw you i own you yep Yep. right so i think that people might get more of an understanding of 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 what guys endure in their lives not just in their job but how the job impacts their lives so do you think that we're going to hear on podcasts like do you think waking's going to get brought up in like the conan show or vince russo's (laughs) show or eric bischoff will talk about it or whatever I think yeah, guys in the wrestling industry will definitely talk about it. They're always looking to kind of expand the view of wrestling yeah. amongst the crowd. I, I think, you know, it gets a nice big release. Then, yeah, I think Russo will talk about it and Bischoff and, you know, every wrestling thing will try to get involved. Yeah. And, and you know, hopefully we'll try to bang the drum positively for it. <laughs> um, but at We're the having same a time, lot of faith in Russo here. I mean, come on. I get along great with Vince, and you know, yeah, I get along well, great. Well, if you could stop you know, him burying me, that would be great. But well, to be honest, he he wrote in such a soap opera style that I don't think he's going to be too averse to to a lot of back what we're having as far as backstage antics goes on this mm, thing. So he might he might lean towards it more than than you might be giving him credit for. Well, no, I just know he doesn't but, like me. That's the thing. Like, I know. Yeah, but regardless of that, he's not going to, I don't think he's going to, well, I don't like her, so the product sucks. He'll say, I like the product, too bad she sucks. Like, I mean, that's what, that that would be, I think, what Vince would do. He would direct his ire at the direct person and not at the overall product, I don't think. Me, essentially, yeah. Like, I I know he doesn't get on with our our co-writer on this either. So, 
to be honest with you, I think my co-red will get all like, oh, this was his, his, and his, and his, and his, and he'll get all the praise, and I'll get all the, I'll get all the dirt, because he'll be like, oh, she just writes, you know, she just wants to bang wrestlers. I, I know he's going to say that. Oh, she just wants to bang wrestlers. That's the only reason she's doing Well, if he does, you know what? If he does, that's good for us. Yeah, it's, it's good for us, but I'm going to be pissed. Don't get me wrong. There's no such thing as bad press, as they say, right? No, and, yeah, and, and you but... can't really care about what people think, because who cares what people think? Well, I mean, as long as they talk about it, it's, it's interesting. As long as they talk about you... As long as it draws interest, about... yeah. yeah. I, can, I mean, I think, I think I care about what he says, because I started my training with him. If you get my drift. Like, the first person I ever wrote for when it was wrestling-related was him. And the fact that he was so misogynistic with me was why we, me and him never continued working. Like, I gave him free material for his website for, I think it was over a year. And then he literally, like, just said, well, you're a woman, you can't write wrestling. And that was it. Well, I mean, so, then, then this is the biggest, this is the biggest fuck off that I've ever heard. That yeah. We're making a feature film that based on a book that you wrote and then i mean yeah and i, I don't even know who this is and i don't really care you don't want to know but 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 it's like it's like if so it, i mean then i i don't know i mean there's there's no reasons to go head to head with anyone uh no. just do but, but cool joe might have to like put me in a headlock to not to so i don't say anything because <laughs> my I temper mean, gets saying, that saying, just well, no, as as if I put stuff. a video out and I'm like, oh, Vinzo's the biggest blah, 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 blah. I got treated better because, you know, by my frigging co-writer than I did him. Like, you know me. Like, when I lose my what? shit, I'll, I say stuff that Jim I can't Cornette, go back. Jim Cornette made a lot of his internet attention off the back of Barry and Russo. Mm. Like, Cornette's, I don't want to be, I don't want to be him, though. He, he, he says a lot of good stuff. But a lot yeah. of people tuned into Cornette's early internet stuff because he liked to shit on Russo. Yeah, but then so, so does you Bishop. Want, if you wind up shitting on Russo, mm. I don't think you're going to be sitting there, you know, alone on it. There's a lot of people who, who dislike Vince. I don't, I don't dislike him. I don't agree with everything he ever did, but I don't agree with anybody 100%. I'm yeah, control so, free. You know, when I, when so I saw there's going to said... be something that I'm going to want to going to want to change or something like that. And I've got to learn how to concede better and stuff like that. But the reality is, is that you don't have to get along. Like, ultimately, I don't think Vince Russo will be the arbiter of whether or not this thing is successful. No, no. But it, it matters <laughs> no. to me because he gave me a start, you know? Yeah. It, you know, it matters to me because he gave me a start. But at the same the time... The only ones deciding if this is a good film or not is yeah. the audience. If the exactly. audience show up for it, that's it. And then yeah. everybody else, there's going to be haters. There's going to be people who love it. There's going to be... But we there can't... Who, yeah. There are people who just go online to shit on things. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know, because people have done that to our books and stuff. But, um, no, it's just, that was the only one. Like, I don't care about Bischoff. I I did do an internship with him, and I don't care. Because, like, at the end of the day, you know, whatever. But it, I, it I always bothered him. He's polite. Bischoff wasn't that polite to me. He's polite to me. And like I say, Russo, I, when but I was working for TNA, he took good care of me in TNA. At first, yeah. and then he he lost his stroke, and then things went wrong for me. Yeah, but, that's because um, of the stuff I liked, going on with Russo. I liked Vince. I got on well with him. If I called him, he'd pick up the phone. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to call ten times and wait for a callback or an email or something. If yeah. I needed to call him, here's my number. Call me if you need to. Like he was always good with me like that. Mm -hmm. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt before I, you know, get my I would, back. I would be. I would. I would be super surprised yeah. if he doesn't 
bury me, to be honest. I, I would be I would be surprised. Would you I'm make sure. less money if he did? No. Fuck no. And what are you worried about? It's respect. <laughs> well, I think Joe's right. I mean, yeah, he is right. Think... He know he yeah. knows me. He knows I'm a hot. He's used to he that. that. Yeah, he's used <laughs> to me going off on one. Because, like, it was the same. When I went to work with my co-writer, what, what did I do? I came to you, and I had the biggest fucking panic attack going. And you said to me, what was it you said to me when I told you that I was going to work with our writer friend? Who, me? No, Joe. Well, that's oh, not no. sure. What did I say? You can't remember? I spent 30 years getting hit in the head for a living. Shit, slide. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even use like So I go to Joe and I'm like, oh, you know, um, because I, I had another friend who worked with our co-writer and he had told me all these horror stories, right? So I was crapping myself six away from Sunday because I thought, oh, he's going to he's gonna be, you know, he's going to just tell me what's going to happen. I'm not going to get say in any of this. And then I was like, so crapping myself. And Joe's like, Crystal, shut up. That was his opening line. Shut up. <laughs> and then so he went on. To, okay. Yeah. And then he went on <laughs> to explain, it'll be fine. He won't do that. He will. Because like, I, I thought I would be spending the entire time listening to like really bad innuendo jokes and stuff like that as well and you told me he's oh he's not like that anymore it'll be fine it'll be fine and then Ooh. i'm like i also said to him oh i'm gonna feel like i'm dumb compared to him as well like i had this intelligent thing and then actually turned out that i don't have to dumb myself around him which is something i've never had to do before because I, I think i told you this anytime i was in a dance situation or i was working in the writing I used to have to make myself appear dumb so that people would get on with me. I don't have to do that with him. I can I can say catty comments and get away with it, and he doesn't take offense to it, whereas other people I've no, worked with it's, it's really hard to offend him. Yeah, it's like when I... We, <laughs> it's there's, a, really there's a line that He's we were writing. He's pretty open to just about any kind of humor. Yeah, like, and my humor is dark anyway, because you, mm -hmm. you've seen my humor. But we were writing a line in the, the script and it was, um, oh great, now I have to get tested for STDs. And of course, Crystal wasn't quite on the filter system at this point during our session. And I turned to that person and I said, shit, I've actually said that to a guy. And then I thought, fuck, I'm not supposed to say that out loud. <laughs> and right. he goes, that's a bit of a mean thing to say. And I'm like, ah, oh, I'll tell you that story another day. I think that's what I said. I expected him to just go, yeah, me too. Like, Yeah, that's what I thought he would say. But there was like this little part of me that was like, I really shouldn't have said that, you know? Yeah. And then we were, I was He's a guy you can be pretty open with. He's, yeah. Like, he's he's very... and that, like, cause I told him about Derek screwing me over and taking all my money. Like, and he said to me, like, I totally thought he would say, oh, well, you know, that's, that's your problem for being naive or something like that. But he actually turned to me and he went... <laughs> That would be the worst. Just yeah, that sounds like a you problem. Yeah, like that's what I thought you'd say. Like honestly, I thought that's what he'd say. I mean, he what he actually said was, "I'm sorry you got ripped off," and I'm like, "Wait, is this the same bloody guy?" Like you know, mm -hmm. he's really misunderstood. He, yeah, he is. Yeah. I mean, and he'll tell you it was his. You know, the the decisions he made years and years ago, and his conduct years and years ago, affects how people perceive him now. He yeah. wasn't as good a guy back then, I guess. I've, I've got nothing but good things to say about him from the time I met him 
till now. I mean, I just think he's he's a great guy. I always have a million laughs with him. I respect the hell out of how smart he is. And I respect the fact that he had a lot of personal issues and he's dug himself out of them. Whereas I know tons of guys who didn't and they're dead now. Yeah, and he was able to, to to pull himself together and pull himself up by his bootstraps and move forward. And that's I respect what the I, hell out of him for it. And that's why I said to him, I'm like, because I, I very, well, you know that I've talked about this before, but I got diagnosed with PTSD over three, four years ago, which I actually didn't realize I had. I just thought I had really bad anxiety. I had no idea I had PTSD. I have seasonal stuff that, like, a seasonal... Oh, what's it? It's, it stands for SAD, Seasonal Affective Disorder, or something like that. And I had... Um, Christmas blues? Yeah, basically. It's like Christmas blues. Mm-hmm. It's because I don't get enough sun. Shetland people, this is this is a misconception. Shetland people it's do not, not have vitamin D at all. We do not know what vitamin D is at all. Nothing doesn't exist in us, right? So a lot of us have to get vitamin D. Well, you're, most people in Scotland, like your summer's on a Thursday. Yeah, pretty much. But in Shetland, it's even worse because we're so far north. During the summer, it's always daylight. It never gets dark. And then in the winter, you're lucky if you get an hour to two hours of sunlight. So winters Mm. are really, really long. And then everybody goes absolutely batshit crazy in the summer because there's so much light and we don't know what to do with ourselves. So I grew up with that and I had no idea that that tied in with my arthritis and it tied in with all the other stuff but yeah like it was nice to talk to somebody that gets it like who lives Mm -hmm. with that level of anxiety every single day but he hasn't gotten used to the fact that But he also doesn't deny it he doesn't hide it he doesn't deny it he wears it on his sleeve and he's willing to help you because he's a good guy the only thing he is he hasn't gotten used to is i do have a tendency like if i'm having a ptsd attack if you've ever noticed when I'm having a conversation with someone, my eyes will travel to the left. And that's because there's a movie playing in my head of a memory or whatever it is, right? And I'm not ignoring you. I'm I'm fully in the conversation with you, but I'm also dealing with the fact that there's a movie playing that shouldn't be playing. You know? And so I'm getting used to Well, that's to- a lie detector. If you look up and to the left, that's a memory. If you look up and to the right, you're right. inventing something. Yeah. And I yeah. always look up to the left, and because Ian will know if I'm having one of these attacks. Because unless you're left-handed, it goes backwards. Yeah, is, is that true? Yeah, apparently. Yeah. yeah. That's how I used to know if Derek was lying to me. He always looked to the right. He would never make I'm eye actually, contact with me. I'm actually left-handed, but I, I was, yeah, I was taught to do everything with my right hand, so I play. Mm-hmm. So I started playing tennis and and, and football and in and, and school, and they and they. Because everybody just assumes kids are right-handed or right-footed or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's like ninety percent. It's it's a crazy yeah. dichotomy. Yeah. Well, that was the thing when I was doing martial arts. It was like, yeah, everybody kind of fights right-handed. So I learned how to fight right-handed. So I wound up like my power hand is my right hand, but my fine motor skills are my left hand. Yeah, I'll eat right with my left hand. I'll throw hard with my right. Yeah, but then when my kids were born, it looked like they one was going to be left-handed, one was going to be right-handed. So to teach him to throw, I taught myself how to throw left-handed. So I'm actually, if I throw a football or a baseball or something, I'm actually more accurate with my left hand, but I can throw farther with my right. Mm-hmm. But I motor really skills have carried over into the left as far as throwing. I throw a tighter spiral with my left yeah. hand with yeah. the football. That is interesting. I'm, I'm exactly the same. I'm same thing. I was because I they, they 
when I, I did my my my, uh, my 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 dad did um, karate, so he put me in karate when I was little. And 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 then the fighting stance, you stand like that if you're right-handed, and this way if you're left-handed. Yeah. So I don't know if that made sense to you. Yeah. For that thing, but but so it, I was taught to stand like this, but then I I I am I'm actually as good this way, so I could do both. And I yeah. wasn't yeah. That's the whole that's the whole fighting thing of Rocky too. Yeah. Because Brocky is a southpaw, and then he changes it over towards the end of the fight and mucks with uh, Apollo's head. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, for me, because like with the way that my arthritis works, it attacks the membranes, the the muscles, the joints. So I have no fusion in my hands. So none of my bones are technically connected to my joints, which is fun. Uh, so what they did was, I would dis say I dislocated stuff in my right hand. They would strap my right hand, and then they would tell me, right, go and do everything with your left hand. So I became anti-dactrous because yeah. they kept switch. My hands kept going in different ways, mm. um, and I had to learn to use both. And it's the same with dance. Like everything you do, you have to learn how to do it both ways because you have to build your body on both sides. You can't be one side stronger than the other. My brother was ambidextrous when he was little, and he was able to like write with his left hand across the page, yeah. and his hand got tired. Continue with his right hand. Yeah. yeah. Now he's way. pretty much right-handed. He's just gotten used to being right-handed. But as a yeah. kid, he could do that, like, with handwriting. Yeah. I mean, mine looks like I cannot write with my right hand. I mean, it just mm -hmm. looks like a ransom note. It's terrible. Well, but, I, I, you know, everything's got to happen with the left hand. My brother had I, it down. Both, but I placed the paper so that so yeah. the way you write when, with your, when you're left-handed, I yeah. placed the paper on the, on the table the yeah. way you place it as a left-hander. And then when I write with my right hand, I still write like I'm writing with my left hand, but I'm not. Yeah, yeah. no, I've done I was never able that. to... Mind you, I never committed to really learning it, but I was never... Anytime I tried it, it was a catastrophe. Yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. But, but one I'm of, wondering one how of the much you that... can teach the different hands. If you can... if you can, yeah. Because because I, I am right-handed in the sense that I play okay. tennis right-handed, and I play... I play table tennis left-handed, I play tennis right-handed, and I... And, it's just I, I just do cer certain things right-handed, certain things left-handed because I was taught that I was right-handed. But but I'm I'm wondering how much you could actually teach that. How much you could if you go into a child and tell them you are both-handed. I mean, yeah. maybe I, I don't know. I'm just well, that, well, I mean, look at look at Rick Allen, the, the drummer for Def Leppard. Yeah. He had to relearn how to do everything when he lost his arm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and keep the rhythm for the band. I, by the way, I respect the hell out of the band for waiting a full year for him to learn how to do that instead of just replacing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was able to teach himself, uh, you know, four, four time, three, four time, but yeah. you know, yeah. using only one hand and using his feet for the, uh, for the snare shots and stuff. That's, I think it can be done. It's just a matter yeah. of discipline and dedication. Well, yeah. cause, cause of our eight, we had an, a group of eight and I was always on the same regiment cycle as that. So we all got metatrexate together. We all we were puke buddies like you would pause a game and we'd all throw up at the same time it was weird but one of the things that are we were getting educated in the hospital and the teacher she would make us use both hands all the time so that we could because some of us would go oh we can't write today because our you know and then we'd come up with an excuse so she had to teach all of us to use both our hands at the same time and that that was just the thing and now that i'm like the only one left I feel super weird about it because I'm like, I will do, I will do a lot of stuff with my right hand, but then Ian will catch me doing stuff with my left. Like I sew only with my right hand, but I can, I can do a ton of other stuff with my left all the time. He hates it when I change up when I'm eating 
Have you ever done that when you're like eating a meal? I switch over mm-hmm. my cutlery halfway through. For some reason, no, I can't do it with chopsticks. I'm strictly left I can't do. I, I can't do chopsticks at all. I don't know <laughs> no, what's up with me. I, I just can't do. My brain's just like, nope. You well, know, it's just tours of Japan. I had to learn. You know. <laughs> yeah, well, you had to, but I, I don't. It, it okay, so it, before it we get sidetracked again, chopsticks, but all right. <laughs> um. Marcus, tell us what you think the impact of waking is going to have on the landscape of what films is at the moment, or the what it's what it's what, what it's gonna what moment. impression it's gonna make, I suppose. How's it gonna plug into the culture? I guess. Yeah, I suppose that's a good way. Well, for me. I mean, I mean, there's a, there's a built-in audience for it. There's the, the there's a built-in audience for both uh, rom coms and for for wrestling. So that 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 already exists. Then it's a and it's a matter of of making a good movie out of it. So that that's not that yeah. doesn't become like this. So it doesn't become just like this. Um, look, so this is the way it works inside of the the, the wrestling industry. So it, it has to be entertainment as well. So that that you can you can look at it if yeah. you're interested in being. So what happens behind the scenes of wrestling? Then then that's one thing. But it also has to be an entertaining piece for someone yeah. who doesn't can't just be a wrestling vanity project. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. And and I think. Yeah. But that's yeah. the that's the fun part because I could never write. Because what, what what I'm getting as, as a director, what I'm getting is like I am getting the view, the, the behind the scenes view of of wrestling, mm-hmm. and then it's my then it's my job to say, all right, great, but this is a little too this is a little too much just about the industry, and nobody really cares about this. Let's go this route or yeah. something like. That. Um, then for me, it's I mean for me, storytelling is pacing. Uh, storytelling and music goes hand to hand. If if yeah. if, if if everything's slow, the movie's boring. It's too mm-hmm. slow. If everything's fast, nobody's going to understand what's happening. So it's like, so there's the, there's the pacing to it. But we're getting there with the script. The script is is, is the pacing and the script is getting better and better. Um, so I mean, so I. But ha, ha, it's been painful, this, Joe. It's been painful. Well, <laughs> I I don't know if you know Joe, but I got text messaged from both writers, and they text me one writer. I'm not going to say who, but Crystal. She said, uh, <laughs> oh, "Thanks, stooging me." You're, you're welcome. <laughs> Um, uh, but she, she wrote me a text message. Oh, I have a fucking horrible day. It was, it was tough. It was, it was horrible. And then the two seconds afterwards, there's a new, another ping on my phone. It's the other writer going, we had a great day. It was a perfect day. So, so uh, what I was telling Crystal was the reason I, I, that, that calms me down is because, well, at least there's conflict between the two. So they're actually doing something. There's actually something's happening. And then, yeah. I think I texted you that actually as well, Joe. I think I texted you said, oh, that was fucking awful or something some, something like that. <laughs> yeah, and Joe, Joe never texts me back. I got blank air. Like, yeah. thanks. Well, would, you, would you say, I, I'm, I'm thinking the way, the way you're describing it, it's almost like the way they, like, like Titanic, right? It wasn't about the ship sinking. It was yeah. this love story that happened to happen on the Titanic. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of how I see this is that there's this backstory that happens to happen in the wrestling industry. It's not necessarily a wrestling movie. No. It's a story that happens around the wrestling industry and that's where I think keeps it interesting for more than just wrestling fans. Yeah. 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 And from, it, has from... it has to be yeah. it has to be yeah, forever. It, has to, it be. has to be and nothing is for everyone. Nobody everyone's not going to like it and that's just the way it is. But it has to be universal in the sense of of emotions and feelings and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. My my last movie, uh, Emily and the Mantle Journey, was was basically about a kid who wanted wanted 
who tried to take the responsibility of the parent away from her mom because she, mm -hmm. she realized her mom was sad. So she was trying to be, and that resonated differently because it was sold to 130 countries. It was basically sold to the entire world. So it was, but, yeah. but the, what, how people reacted to it was different from country to country, but because it was universal, uh, not simple is wrong, but, but like, like clearly defined emotions between characters and between and conflicts between the characters everybody understood it then yeah sure your cultural heritage is you you'll understand it a little bit differently in spain than you'll do in sweden or in u.s versus france but but still there's this this like this, the human aspect of just like of love of life liberally sorry now but did you love and love and 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 um and uh yeah just just love, love your family and all that yeah, yeah love yeah. your family and, and yeah and this is this is the same thing so and then i mean and it helps because everybody can identify with that. Every, yeah. Like yeah. Very but few also, people. When I'm talking about like wrestling moves, when I'm teaching my seminars, right? Mm -hmm. And the guys want to learn all these cool moves. I'm like, it's great to do these moves, but not everybody understands right. them. Like very yeah. few people have been put in a crippler cross face correctly. Even though it fucking hurts. Mm -hmm. Very few people have been put in it, so they don't really understand it. But everybody in that audience has been hit in the head. Yeah. yeah. So when somebody throws a punch, they tend to absorb that more oh shit that had to hurt and the best yeah. example is when somebody takes a shot in the nuts somebody takes a shot in the, nuts, the whole arena ah they yeah. panic right yeah. it's because everybody can identify with that virtually everybody in that arena can identify with it. and every guy so finding a common thread in, in the yeah. story that everybody in the audience can go through well you know every, pretty much everybody majority of people have a family yeah majority of people have certain responsibilities that they have to adhere to and certain interpersonal conflicts and stuff like that. Not everybody's a dancer, not everybody's a wrestler, but everybody's in the family. So if you can focus more on that and have those, those as, as secondary stories around it, I think that helps it be, have more universal appeal. And he's and, just and touched on the small. arguments that we have 99% of the time when it comes to Marie's worlds. But but then there's also the fact that um, that the how why why is sports and why is wrestling entertaining? It's mm -hmm. because there's there's a conflict. There's two yeah. people. They want something Primal. different. I mean, it's like if, if it's if it's if it's two if it's two soccer teams, football teams. This guy, these these eleven players want to score there. These eleven players want to score there. And that's like something. That's something we understand because it's 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 and and that's basically what we're doing here too it's just it's just a yeah. it's just translated into to words instead of well if yeah because if, if you look at once again like i refer to rocky all the time i'm a big rocky nerd yeah. but if you were to just watch the fight at the end of rocky doesn't mean you, you would cheer for apollo creed yeah mm -hmm. but when you know the characters in the backstory you can't help but cheer for rocky no. going into it even though apollo did nothing wrong apollo was not a bad guy he was a nice guy who offered a shot to a you know a local, essentially a local bum, yeah. and then Rocky took advantage of it, right? Yeah. Um, but we cared about the characters. Like if, as far as wrestling goes, you never see a T-shirt that says "Hip Toss." No. no. But you see, you know, Batista. You see yeah. John Cena. You see Hulk Hogan. You see Undertaker because people care about the characters. Then when you have characters you care about in conflict, that makes yeah. it an interesting story. If it's just but two people you don't give a shit fighting. That's you might as well go to a pub and watch two, two idiots get drunk and beat each other up. You're never as entertained as when you care about one of those characters. No, and I think that's where this film will have its little place because we do have. There's a lot of fighting scenes and there's fighting and there's wrestling yeah. in it. Of course, there's a lot of that. But what 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 there also is it's it's that what, there's there's cinema out there now today 
and I'm not going to name names, but there are there are films out there where it's like they're so heavy on the special effects, and it's like mm-hmm. they've forgotten what you were just talking about, Joel. <laughs> so it's it's like if if you don't build the characters, nobody cares if it's like a huge set piece or a big explosion. Nobody it doesn't matter. We have to we have to understand why, and we have to understand who who these people are. So because I think these explosions will affect. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think that's where we could I, then then how 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 much how how big of an impact will a film have? Well, you know what? Who knows? <laughs> that's anyone's guess. I mean, we will do the best possible movie we can ever make. Uh, we have a killer cast uh, that'll help. Um, no, um, we have a killer writer. Let, let's let's be. Oh, we have a killer writer too. I mean, we have a killer. We have killer. We have a. And I mean, we're not talking about me. Just I'm no, not putting no, myself over. A, I'm putting over the other person. Just and, so and when we can jump release who, who are the producers and production company behind this, it's yeah. like it, it's 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 a good it's a good group of people doing this film, yeah. and they're all doing it for the right reasons. To be honest, and that's um, I don't know if we're all doing it for the right reasons, but yeah, who knows? I don't, well, who knows what kind of everybody's saying they're doing it for the right reasons. Then you can then you can have your alternative motives, and that's fine. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, once again, if you want to refer to wrestling. A lot of people complain that Vince instituted the wellness policy simply uh, for gotta, public relations. We've got to define which no, no. Vince we're talking just about. Just simply now. for public relations. Everybody's like, ah, oh, he's, <laughs> just, he's just trying desperately to, to get public favor after the whole Chris Benoit thing. Oh, and maybe okay. so. But the reality is, is that a lot of people have gone to rehab and changed their lives and improved their lives because of it. So even though it may have started off as dubious, ultimately, it's done a lot of good. Yeah, yeah we'll we'll have to talk later on about that. Paul Heyman thing. You and me. Okay. I'll send you something. Okay. See what your take on it is. Okay. Um, so for my perspective as a romance writer and as erotica writer, even though this is gonna get me heat probably. Oh well. <laughs> I'm I'm overstepping because for so many years, and Joe's been on this road with me, for so many years the romance industry said wrestling has no place in it. And I went, no, I'm not taking that. Like, because when we started out, sports romance wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing. And then me and Joe made, we started calling it sports romance and then things sort of went from there. So in regards to this, with when I look at Beautiful Disaster, which is a recommended film to everybody on this, and when I look at the After franchise, which is another really steamy hot franchise that's out right now, I think this is going to have a bigger impact on the romance industry than it is on any other industry. Because it's going to make everybody want to talk about it in a good way. It's going to be like, for so long people didn't think wrestlers could be romantic. They didn't think wrestlers had that soft, gooey center, which I've discovered from everybody I've worked with, they do have that. Sometimes you got to do a lot of digging to get there, but they do have that. And I think, I mean, I could see me and Joe having to do all the romance conventions for this. I think if we did that as a tour, because there's no way I'm dragging the other writer to them, but if we did a tour of the romance conventions, you're going to get that really large support base because any book that's adapted from the romance industry into film gets an instant support level. So I think it would be be really good. 
Honestly, with his filthy sense of humor, I'd love to see him show up at a romance Oh, convention. no. Come on. <laughs> That's going to be bad on me. Think of me. <laughs> that like, would just be a yeah. wealth of material. I would laugh oh, my Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, to think, waking up his wife, I, I joke about this, but it came from that three days in Manchester. I got summer of him out of it, which was the, the wrestling erotica thing. And I got waking up his wife's franchise. All from three days with really horny wrestlers. So, well, what, what, I can't so argue much, that. The yeah. inspiration with, with the horny and yeah, that's. that's to, to, to be that's honest, it. if I if I was going to tip my hand here, um, you know, a little backstory is that when I was sitting with Rhino, um, he was giving me a hard time. So he was, as he does, as he does, as he does, and so I had said to him, "I want to hug you." Because I was curious. I'm like, eh, I've never hugged a big guy. Let's let's see what it feels like. And he wouldn't let me hug him. So this became like a bit between me and him. I was like, ah, can I have a hug? No. He's still and with I, his wife at the time? No. No, he was single. Okay. Because I know he was, he's... He was doing the germaphobic thing. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, he was doing the germaphobic excuse. And uh, then two yeah, minutes that's, later... It's not not wrong. No, no, no. He meant, two minutes <laughs> later, he hugs my best friend. Mm. And I'm like, son of a bitch. So there was always that kind of like back and forth between him and me after that, because I'm like, I'm I'm gonna hold him to this. He still owes me a hug to this day. Just I throw through a big hug and mm, someone got Febreze for Christmas. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that. But but like no, like that that whole weekend. It was like the same thing. We had um Jesse James, you know, the road dog was there yeah. that weekend. He's a great guy. He's one of the funniest people I ever met. He is so. He was funny. he was hilarious because when we did the dildo box signing, he was at the table that night, and he Eat told of line. he no he ran away. That was the thing I couldn't get. Like I thought this guy would be the most debauchery loving person possible, and he literally could not stand to be around me. He ran away. He literally okay. got up and ran away, and I was like, "Really, dude? Like." Because it was a fan who came to me with the box wanting me to sign it because she won it next door and she knew what I wrote and she thought I was brilliant. Rhino was super red in the face that night because yeah, he, was sit he was sitting next to me when this girl came running up with this big black tildo box. <laughs> I felt so bad for him. I really did. So I signed it. I threw it at Kid Cash. He signed it. I think he signed it awkwardly, to be fair. And then he threw it at Rhino. <laughs> Rhino doesn't want to touch it. <laughs> well, you just somebody runs up to you with a, with a box with a dildo in it. You're like, I would have preferred flowers, yeah. You know, and then, so he kind of signs it. I think it was a very house show signature, by the way. Like, uh, yeah. uh, uh. So then he throws it back at me, and I just give it to the girl like it's nothing. And she's she's the happiest fan in the world. But that was the same fan that broke in my room that weekend. Right. Stole my stuff out my room. I still want my swimsuit back that she stole. I'd like to know why she stole my swimsuit. But but she had all the wrestlers sign her dildos, and then she Pretty broke much. into Well, room. only the American wrestlers, because like I was sitting oh. only with the Americans. So yeah, <laughs> the heavyweight champ won the belt that night, and he showed up at my room at three o'clock in the morning and tried to talk his way in. I was like, really? 
If I he watched me turn down other guys all night, and he, he thought turning up at my room at three o'clock in the morning was a good idea. That would do it. It's like that—that's what she yeah. was waiting for. That's the money right there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, is there anything we're we yeah. should? I know we're doing this night events. Is there anything we should? Any information we want to announce that isn't going to spoil anything? I know there's certain things we can't say yet, which is fair. Uh, but is there something we haven't announced well, we, to the people that are listening got, that we should probably yeah. let them know about? Um, Bill is uh, Bill is doing our talent relations. Bill Barnes yeah. is doing our talent relations, uh, which is fantastic because he's taking care of me for a change. So it's super nice. Totally it love him to death. Yeah, he takes care of me. And you know, the, the thing was, I love about him is he didn't make me sign a talent contract. He's just like, ah, oh, Chris, I'll take care of you. Like, I didn't have, I didn't have to sign anything, which is nice. Well, that's good. Like I say, yeah. Bill's a good guy. I've, I've always gone well with him. I, I love Bill. Um, Bill also kind of reminds me of keeping my feet on the floor as well. I guess we can say, Mark, is that I'm going to sign the executive producer contract soon. Yeah. But it, it, I think the only thing we can say really is is that... I'm the creator slash writer slash dog's body. You're the director. <laughs> yeah, but also from shooting, the shooting perspective is it. It looks like the, late this because year because we're dealing with fairly not fairly we're dealing with really big names. Uh, it's it's uh, most likely we won't. We will shoot at end of this year, or we will shoot at end of next year, and it's just a yeah. now. It's just a matter of now. It's just a matter of scheduling, um, which is always an issue. Which is always an issue because everybody's so busy. Yeah. Uh, but um, so yeah, so th that's and, and also and me and Joe is going to take really good care of our mutual friend, who's going to yeah, be yeah, suffering yeah. a little bit when we see him. Yeah. I, I I might be nice, Joe. I might I might you know buy him some food and show up and take care of him. Nurse me. Yeah, he's, he's worth it. He's a good guy. Yeah, but I don't want well, any but... jokes. Because <laughs> he like, I said to him the other day, I'm like, yeah, I've got a huge soft spot for you. Well, and then he blushed, which was kind of like, that's the first well, time I've seen him blush. So. Well, oh, I'd heard a million crazy stories about him and, you know, I can see where they came from. Yeah. But I've never had a bad interaction with him. I no, no, not either. Nothing but good things to say about him. No. no. Um, so yeah, so Joe's our stunt coordinator, we can say that, can't we? And he's gonna teach my six year old to do wrestling so she can beat daddy up when she when he's <laughs> That's okay. I used and, to teach martial and... arts class as a kid, so I could do it. <laughs> oh good. But also when she starts dating, uh I, I we should have that talk so I can just speed dial you and go, Joe, I need help with a boy. That's right. <laughs> To, to be Bad fair, though, I would I would maybe um, maybe wait till she's a teenager and hope that she doesn't get interested in wrestling. What's that she gets into? I hope she doesn't get interested in wrestling when she's a teenager, because then things could get interesting. She's 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 a fairly she's an extremely um, um, physical girl. She she I she, oh yeah, she's, she's definitely going like to be one of you, Joe. Definitely. Yeah, she's she's jumping off of things, and I was just like a scared little boy, just sitting and like being afraid of everything. And yeah. she jumps off of things, and she's rollerblades, she skates, or she does, goes on in line. She does everything that she plays ice hockey with the with the boys who are nice. like she's like this, and they're like just yeah. way taller. Yeah. So she's one of the toughest little girls I've ever seen. So I no, she's gonna be a wrestler probably. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can I can see that, and then she'll she'll go on and she'll put Joe over. Dad, Joe taught me how to do it. 
but what I love about her is she she puts on she puts on like the Cinderella dress and inlines and a hockey stick and she goes out and plays hockey with with all the boys. What with, a like, girl! I like her. I, I I absolutely adore it. She's like she doesn't give she doesn't give a fuck about anything. She's yeah. like I want to have a princess dress on and I want to tackle boys. I'm like great. There you go. Yep. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. I love See, it. Fantastic. See, it's yeah. so my cousin, funny because my cousin Madison, she's uh, she plays competitive hockey, and yeah. she's one of the hardest hitters. Like the last game she played, this girl uh, hit her basically over the back with a stick. Yeah. So she turned around and chinned her, <laughs> and go. she got the penalty for retaliation, whatever. And when she went to the penalty box, the the ref who was at the box just said, "Back again, huh?" <laughs> And the thing is, she's a really pretty kid. Like, if you were to see her walk up, when she came to my dad's funeral, she had, she had like a, a really nice dress on. She, you know, really respectful and stuff. But I was looking at her going, she is really grown up to be a really beautiful girl, but she's really slender. Yeah. And then you see her out on the ice just cabbaging people. It's hilarious. I love it. I love so it. Your, your daughter sounds the same. She's going to be this one where, you know, she, yeah. she, she, very feminine and demure, but. She'll punch you in the throat if you muck about, you know? Yeah. I appreciate well, it's, it's, that. It is, it is, it's the way, it's, it's the, the modern woman, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like. Kinda, it's, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I was a get, when I was growing up, because I'm obviously the youngest in this conversation, but I was seen as like, because I did wrestle boys at school, I did fight with boys at school. Like, I never took shit, even though my ex at the time was very violent to me. I fought back. I always fought back. Uh, so I was always seen as like the version of a girl you know because i didn't take shit like today i was telling you that the girls took me out in soccer they you know it took six of them to take me out which i thought was really shitty but you know all just because i was dating the goalie secretly dating the goalie it wasn't out openly dating the goalie but i was secretly dating the goalie so i don't think joe's heard this story but we were playing uh football and they I got the ball, and one girl came from behind me. There was the the metal bleachers were folded down, so it was like a basically a steel wall that was to my my right. And one girl kicked me in the back of my knee at the same time. A girl kicked me into the front of my knee, and another girl tackled into the side of my knee. I w- and I couldn't I couldn't continue the, the 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 game. I was I was out. I was out for like six weeks on crutches. Mm-hmm. All over no, the freaking Anything from the side. Front and back, you can survive. Yeah. Side is side, brutal. Because your knee's a hinge joint. Yeah. Totally, totally screwed me. And I, still to this day, I have this... Um, I'm supposed to go and get a patch on my... You know the tendon that runs on the outside of your knee? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm supposed to go get a patch on that because it's really, like, thin at one point. Like, it could snap if I'm not, you know, smart. But if that snaps, then that's... Because that takes a really long yeah, time yeah heal. so I, i'm supposed but, to go yeah. get a patch but i've never gone and got the patch and i that's because i'm shit scared of surgery though and i know i need to go get a patch but yeah, yeah. they'd rather patch it than fix. well no i actually tell like they've now said they don't want to touch my knee till it snaps which is going to be well, sometimes I, I think it's sometimes it's the, it's the achilles is the same thing because mm-hmm. if that if the, the tendons if that go it's better that it it snaps because yeah. then you do the operation it, it it heals quicker yeah but if it's if because i because i have on my left foot my left leg foot i have um i have problems with that and it just it just tenses up mm-hmm. and and uh 
and it basically and i can't get rid of it. i'm stretching i'm doing all that it doesn't matter it just it's yeah. but it's like they, they were saying it's better that it just cleanly, cleanly snaps off and then they can just put it back and yeah. Because when they told me they wanted to do the patch, they said I'd be out for two months. That I wouldn't be able to dance. I wouldn't be able to walk. I wouldn't be able to do shh. And I'm like, no, I'm not I'm not going to put myself out on the shelf yeah. for two months. It's not happening. Um, and then they said, well, if it snaps, you'll be out for four to six months. And I'm like, I rehab faster oh. than that. That's not going to happen. But yeah, no, they're, they're still trying to talk me into it. Whether I do it or not, it's a different story. But they still want me to do it. No. I'm definitely not doing it anywhere near the film. That's for sure. That's that's why I stretch. That's why I do all the yoga and stuff now because I'm I don't want it to snap. If it snaps, we should get it on sound because it could be. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, in <laughs> my luck, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it in the most stupidest fucking way. I'll be walking down the hall or something, and I'll trip over yeah. somebody. Your clothes, I'll, probably. Yeah, or <laughs> or um, you know, I'll do it. Rough mid midway yeah. through party, and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah. Because I, I text Joe, when I broke my jaw joints, I had just started working with Joe, and I text him, and I went, I broke my jaw joints. And he said, how did you do that? And I went, I yawned. <laughs> That's all I did. I yawned, and it was like glass. And my husband was sitting like three feet away, and he heard it. And he turned to me really slowly and he went, what the fuck did you do? And I couldn't move my jaw for like a day. My jaw hung open for a day. And it took them three years to fix it. Three years before they fixed it. And then it only lasted two years. And I had to get it replaced. So, yeah. yeah. That was fun. Joe remembers yeah. me high as a kite texting him. Well, you had to text. You couldn't talk. Yeah, like because I was, I was on. Um, they gave me oxycotton, and I, I had this like bizarro friggin' I can't remember. It was some sort of weird dream. I phoned Ian, and I, I apparently had an argument with Ian, and then I text Joe a bunch of stuff, and I can't even remember texting Joe. Like I was that out of it, and Joe was like, "Do you have any idea what you messaged me?" I was like, "No." <laughs> Joe's like, it's all right. I knew you were screwed up. It's fine. I think I think I sent him a oh yeah, I did. I sent you the picture right after surgery, and you could still see the blood and like where the hair had been cut, and I'm just all like lying yeah, in the bed dying. You're in a rough place. Yeah, it was a rough place. Yeah. But Joe Joe's been through it all with me. Bless him. He's yeah. he's used to he's used to getting texts from me saying I'm an A and E. <laughs> I've done that a few times to you. The weirdest one was I texted him. Remember when I dislocated my thumb and I couldn't write for like a week? Yeah. Yeah, that one was the weirdest. I hit yeah. I hit the space bar and dislocated my thumb. Hmm. Like right there, down at the bottom joint, it just popped, and I had to. <laughs> I popped it back in, but I had to go to A and E because it was like. I had like just this huge lump sticking out my hand at the time. That was that was a bit harder to explain to Joe. That I, you know, I was like, ah, I kind of injured myself. I can't write for a week, and he's like, why? And I'm like, ah, I popped my thumb joint. Yeah. Well, that's the thing I see like posted on Facebook and stuff where mm. they show you know me when I was you know 15. You know, I was climbing a tree, I fell out, landed on a rock. Um. 
got up, dusted myself off, and went home. Yeah. And then they show a guy like in a body cast, and it's, you know, me at 35, I sneeze too hard in bed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's weird because I used to always roll my ankles when I was younger. Like it was like my thing. Every time I climbed a fence, I always fell off. I don't know why I always fell off fences, but I fell off fences and I'd roll my ankle. So what I did was I got into dance when I started doing my dance training. I started building up the muscles in my feet, which is why I look like I have chunky ankles, but I don't. And that was just so I would stop rolling my ankles. But everything. (laughs) Yeah, like I I use that excuse, but yeah. Oh, uh, so Marcus is a funny idea. On our first day of set, he wants us all to take a picture, right? Yeah, I want to take a picture. I want. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have like really like like. Like like expensive, not expensive, but like good looking workout clothes. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be in the gym with all the with, with the entire cast, and I'm going to take a picture of Crystal and I and the rest of you, and we're going to stand there, and it's going to be, and I'm going to I'm going to blend in perfectly with all the wrestlers. Nobody's going <laughs> to. Yeah, I'm going to be like the sore thumb. I'm going to be there in like my tiny crop top, my friggin' skin tight stuff on, and I'm going to be the shortest person. I'm going to look like somebody's kid. I'm going to look like somebody's kid. They're going to, like, literally 90% of people are going to be like, is that Joe's daughter or something? You're going to have to have you, Marcus, have to have you in there, like, in all the pictures holding guys for choke slams just before the lift. Yeah. 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 I have the box. I said action. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, but Marcus did say, and I'm going to stooge on him now, because he said it in the podcast and it's going live next week. That he's gonna Uh-oh. beat you up in the ring for five minutes on the first day. No, I, no, I think I think that you there's did. some misunderstanding going on, on here. I, I think I think this is alternate alternate facts. I, I'm not. He did, no, Joe, hundred percent, hundred heart. He said he he was uh, the first no, day of shooting. I, we were we were gonna do wrestling in the ring for the for the for the. This is him backpedaling now. No, 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 not backpedaling, but I'm yeah, I <laughs> a little bit, but I mean, but I mean, but no, what we're going to do with that, because usually when I explain, I, I like explaining, I'm very physical when I explain, so I'm like explaining a scene and I'm, I'm showing people like this is, yeah. ah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I was like, so, so, and then my joke was that, that we could show all these professional wrestlers that Joe and I could go up into the, to the ring and I could be throwing Joe around. Like, so he said, then you, then you there, the famous wrestler, you take this guy, you take Joe and you just throw him like that. <laughs> and, um, for, for laughs basically. Cause, yeah. cause to make fun yeah, of myself. But I was, yeah. I was dying. Cause I'm like, Oh, Joe, he just needs to lock him in a submission for two minutes. Like, <laughs> We can work something out for like the first day in the ring, right? Yeah. Yeah. We say, listen, you know, I I run a tight ship. I don't put up on any bullshit. Yeah. And then I just come over and put my hand on you. Oh, I'll take it easy. And then I'll let you hip toss me. I fucking told you. Right? (laughs) (laughs) See, see, I planned to to start the thing off. Yeah, because Joe's going to sneak me into the ring so I can find out whether a ring feels better than a dance floor, essentially. Because I'm curious, because a lot of my friends have done, like, dance videos in wrestling, or in boxing rings and wrestling rings. And they tell me it's so much better on your ankles than Depends. the stuff Boxing rings are not, I, I trained in a boxing ring, it's yeah, hard. It's hard, right? And the wrestling ring's a lot easier. Yeah, and they were like, oh, it's got more give, and, you know, especially with the concrete and stuff. Like, when we did stuff on the concrete, I always had 
my ankles would swell up like really bad. So I'm kind of curious. I'm going to walk around. I'm not wrestling. I'm going to really be clear on that. I'm not taking any bumps, even though somebody thinks I should. I'm not taking any bumps. I'm just going to walk around it. I'm going to get it right back out again. Because I'm not stupid enough to take a bump. You don't need to. Why? Why do I have to? Because now you yeah, sound like you him. Take a bump. Why do I have to take All a guys bump? in the business, all at the beginning of their time in it, want to take all the bumps. And then as you get older... Oh, great. So I'm, I'm going to take a bump going, without you know knowing what? it. I'm taking less bumps today. Yeah. So <laughs> so basically what you're saying is I'm going to go in to walk around the ring and then you and our cool friend is going to jump me and I'm going to take a bump is essentially what yeah. you're saying. Oh, fantastic. You can sell without taking a bump. Yeah. I've sell, You know I can sell well, but, you know, let's say. So, yeah. But yes, yeah, so I can still see ideas. that happening, and then my husband thinking I'm getting jumped, and then it becomes the whole thing. Yeah, that that that'll go well. I have so many weird ideas for like like pictures we could just post online. Like this is Crystal this is getting abused by Joe. And, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. No, 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 not mm -hmm. like every single every single cast member just like doing something horrible to me, and <laughs> and then just like and then just posting it online saying. This is what it's like to direct so and so. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like choking me or something. <laughs> do, do you know what's funny? As um, I took shots to my face uh, totally by accident. We were doing Apache. Zeus got knocked out because one of the uh, the dance students didn't stop a guy coming out of the crowd, so he got knocked the fuck out and literally was out cold on the floor. I took a kick from Wank Boy to my jaw, which I have not forgiven him for, because he didn't tell me he was coming with it. And I got it right there, like square under my chin. So, well, I had a huge bruise literally up to my eye. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've taken hits before, so it's not like it's anything new. But, yeah, I also had my nose broken, too. Oh, Joe, I forgot to tell you, you know the strip club that was named after me? Okay. It went under. It did. It just was in casual business. conversation, just didn't yeah. just mention. There's a strip club called. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> yeah, but the the thing is, the person like the guy went bankrupt during the pandemic, um, and then the all the girls got together, and they essentially there was some sort of orgy or something, and they've reopened it, but they call it the masks now. But it's still all the girls I trained is there, so it's kind of mm -hmm. weird. I'm just glad my name's not above the door anymore. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if that's a badge of honor or not, but... Oh, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. So they call it Masks now, because Mask is... Um, Zeus was the guy that I trained with and danced with most, and he would wear a wrestling mask all the time. He even wore it in the shower because he didn't want people to know what he actually looked like. And we had co-ed yeah. showers. So he would get in the shower, usually get in my shower with me, which was awkward. And he would start showering with this wrestle mask on. So he ends up pissing off one of the students because one of the students expects him to take the mask off in front of him, you know, because we're, we're behind the curtain. So it's like, oh, you know, we're not supposed to have any barriers or whatever you want to call it. And that's how he got knocked out that night was because he wouldn't take the mask off. Yeah. And there was only well, like three of I mean, us who knew what he actually looked like. Mil Mascaris was a legendary Mexican wrestler. 
He wore his mask in the shower. Nobody knew what he looked like. Terry Von Erich lost his foot in a motorcycle accident. Never told yep. anybody. Used to shower with his boots on. Hmm. So finally, Colonel De Beers pulled his boot off in the ring one time and freaked everybody out. <laughs> wow. I could imagine so, that, actually, yeah. Secrets get kept. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, that was, like, the thing in the dancing. All the younger ones, when I was leaving, expected. They had, like, this... They had privilege, if you know what I mean. They thought they were priv- they should be privileged enough to know all the this how it works and everything, but without earning it. And that used to piss me off. And I still say that to when I go into the studios and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'll teach you today, but I ain't telling you all of it. Like, I, I, you know, you've got to earn it. You've got to you've got to actually put the effort in to earn it. So I still get mm. shit about that, but you know, that's just me. Because it's weird, because when I, when I work with um, our friend, I actually spend a lot of time dancing around the rules. And then he eventually just asks me, he's like, why are you keeping it secret? And I'm like, well, you know, I got trained to. It's, it's hard. It's a hard thing to break sometimes. Because I used to struggle telling you, remember? <laughs> and you would have to, like, pull it out of me almost. Mm. So... <laughs> Um, we can say, we can say this, that Marcus has looked at kayfabe, mm-hmm. and he yeah. likes it. Yeah. And, and it's going to someone. Yes, and we're we're going to work on it, so kayfabe is a thing. I actually can say this, that Raven has given me a letter of intention for kayfabe. I can say that. Yeah. I checked. I was like that the other day. I'm like, well, you do know you gave me a, a letter of intent for that project. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can say I'm involved. So I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. So Joe, Joe's going to get bumped to writing team because I'm going to need somebody to mitigate my dance character. You know? And he's also going to have to talk, you know, our friend into... Uh, writing for Harold while Joe writes for Charlie and I write Marie. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you, would you, yeah. Would you say that I get mm-hmm. slightly addicted when I'm playing Marie? That I I tend to get stuck. Would you agree with that? You just get in the mindset of the of the character. Because I guess it's based on you, so you think through that that lens the whole time. Yeah, and then it's like so a freaking trying nightmare. to step out of that costume and into somebody else is hard for you because you're so in tune with that first one. Mm-hmm. I, I still think it's going to be, um, like, because obviously the script's changed because I had to rewrite it for what people don't know. And I can say this now because there's no legal um, pro- problems with this anymore. But I actually did, uh, the version of the kayfabe pilot was written while I was being mentored by a guy at Shonaland. Mm-hmm. And they turned around and they said that I had created one hell of a drama. But they wouldn't buy it because it was too niche. Seriously, mm. that was that was the feedback. That was the feedback from Shonaland. They loved it. It was Shonaland level drama, and it had good sex appeal. But they couldn't buy it because it was too niche a market, and that they didn't know how to like. They wouldn't know how to market it. Was was the way that they put it to me. Mm-hmm. So you know, so it's, well, it's kind of well. I brought wrestling to a company that hadn't even heard about wrestling before. Right. Well, yeah. I, I'm not on. I've not been on that side of the job, so I can't say if you know 
Well, Shona Lot did like the Bridgerton series on Netflix, yeah. Grey's Anatomy, like, you know, they do medical fire shows, dramas, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. And that's why I asked to be mentored by them because I'm like, well, wrestling is just drama, dance is just drama. Why can't the three work together? And yeah, so, but yeah, they knew nothing about wrestling or dance till I brought it to them. Hmm. So yeah, I think that's well, kind of cool. Maybe it's not, maybe you're just playing the long game. I am. At first, the they game. don't know what to do, and then as they think more about it, they come to different conclusions. Oh, actually, we have an idea how to pull that up. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll say something off camera later about it before we go. But yeah, I, I just, I was very proud. Like, I felt like I, I did good service to wrestling, if nothing else. Which is weird, yeah. because I, I don't think anybody in wrestling takes me seriously other than Joe. So. Well, our other friend. Mm. He who should not be mentioned. He who should not be mentioned. Baltimore, apparently. I, uh, well, yeah, but no, like, I don't think he, I think he takes me serious in this project. However, I don't really think he, he doesn't know me well enough to make a, a judgment call. I don't think, at least I don't think he thinks about me outside of what we're doing. Whereas I'm a nervous wreck every time I have to go on with him, though. I don't know if you can see this, but my battery's dying. No, it didn't come up. So I will let you guys go. It's been a fantastic show. Joe, we have to go and do one with um oh with our friend. We need to organize mm-hmm. that. So do you wanna do that? Do you wanna reach out to him? Okay. Yeah. He's free today, so I'd reach out to him today. Okay, I'll I'll pause him and see what's up. Yeah, and see if you can set something up. And then, you know, that'll be because the idea is we're going to do podcasts um, every so often in the lead up to waking. Um, right. Because what we haven't really spoken about is that we're going to do interviews and stuff behind the scenes of waking. So this is kind of like the, the prelude to what it's like being behind the scenes. Right. Would you agree with that, Marcus? I would. Because Marcus has been very quiet now. <laughs> No, no, I'm not. No, 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 I'm not being quiet. I'm just, just listening. Um, oh, okay. So yeah, so we'll leave it there, guys. Um, so you're getting a, a sort of idea of what me and Joe are like, and then obviously Per Marcus is thrown in the middle. Um, and it's funny because that's actually how it appears on the screen. You've got me, Marcus, in the middle, and then Joe. It's like we're sandwiching Per Marcus. Perfect. <laughs> So yeah, just the way I like it. Just the way he likes it. He likes all that attention and hugs and touching. So yeah, I will leave you on that debauchery note, and I will be back next week with a famous author talking about author stuff and doing author stuff things. So I shall see you all then. <laughs>